0: We are back. I'm just going to throw it out there first. We're back. Big Ugly, we're back we're on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. It's about time. What's going on? Isn't about time. My name is Dirty Mike. Now I'm the Big Ugly. And we have a very special guest in the mansion here today. Um, there's been a lot going on in the world of professional wrestling. A lot going on in the world of independent professional wrestling, especially right here in the state of Maryland. How about that, Cheap Pop? Yeah, that was pretty good, right? But, uh, you know... We, we were going to come out here and we were going to talk about, you know, midget mania. We were going to talk about the Maryland State Commission of Athletics. We were going to talk about a lot of different things, but we're going to put that on hold right now. And we're going to – we're just going to shoot. You like you you like to shoot right from the hip, Big Ugly. Yeah, man. I keep it real. Keep it 100. Keep it – keeping it real? Yeah. You ever see the Dave Chappelle show, Keeping It Real?
1: Yeah. <laughs> keeping it real?
0: Or when keeping when it, keep real it real goes, goes wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, good. I uh, <laughs> – Get your hand off my face, Frank right? Come on, Frank right? <laughs> Doug life. sorry um, Let's introduce him Right now we know him as His name is Chris And uh, you may know him as Vinny Versace From the Maryland State Commission of Athletics He's been in and around the uh, Independent professional wrestling scene And professional wrestling and entertainment as whole For Quite a few years. Chris, welcome to the Dirty awesome. Ugly Wrestling Podcast.
2: Thanks for having me. I do appreciate it. Do yeah. Have a long time listener, first time guest.
0: Oh, well, we appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Uh, you're one of the reasons why we've been going over a year strong, and we appreciate you. A lot of listeners out there on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher. Uh, listen to our archive pot- uh, episodes, but listen to this one. So, all right, Chris. We had an agenda coming in here, so the agenda's all out the window. So many things happen in the world of professional wrestling. Our motto here is: we're not right, we're not wrong, we're just fans. Th- thank you. Big I'm ugly. sorry. Big right, ugly. Just so you
1: guys know, any given Sunday is on in the background. <laughs> Classic movie. I got distracted.
0: And you are Let's a big go. movie reviewer, so yes. you know we're gonna get into that. But any given Sunday is a great movie. That's fantastic. Man. um You know, watch it if you get a chance. Make sure it's the unedited version. Because if you watch it edited, it's just not going to work. It ain't going to be right. Um, But, Chris, so. Let's let's talk a little bit about you. Let, let's get the dirty, ugly wrestlers knowing who you are really quickly. So your involvement in the world of entertainment, professional wrestling, and how you came up as a fan. Tell us a little Absolutely. bit about yourself.
2: Long time fan. I don't remember a time when I wasn't a fan. That's how long it's been. As I'm sure a lot of people out there are the same way. They, as a child, you were a fan, and you don't know anything else but being a fan of professional wrestling. Um, as far as indies, I would a big friend of Eagle. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with him, professional wrestler. Now retired, but
0: shout out to Neil.
2: Thank you. Shout out to Neil. Sup. He'll never listen to this, but that's okay. You never know. No, he doesn't know technology either. <laughs> <It's
0: bad. laughs> well, that's great. He's got a great creative mind, but he doesn't know technology. Exactly. But anyway. But I would travel with him to the
2: MEWF shows way back in the day and help him wow. film and all that good stuff, just odds and ends. And then when uh, Jim opened EWA, I missed the first show, but the second show, I was a part of The Lights mm-hmm. way back in 2002. Mm. I know, it's a long time ago. Back in the there. day, man. And uh, I would do things like, Do the lights, the music, uh, ring the bell on occasion, and be ringside for matches with Nikolai Volkov, which as an adult growing up a wrestling fan, that was huge. I was like, I can't believe I'm two feet away from Nikolai.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Great man. I don't know if
0: you've met him. I've met him. Well, he's worked at a couple of... uh EWA shows, and uh, he's local here uh, in, in the uh, Baltimore area, so I, I have gotten a chance to meet him. We've been wanting to get him on a podcast. Yeah, oh. and, uh, and we will. We've been emailing back and forth, so it's just a matter of time. You know, if he could sell his gimmicks, uh, I'm sure we'd get him on, <laughs> uh, you know, to somebody in the building. Yeah, but uh, hey, I'm all about that. You know, put yourself over. That's what we're here for. That's true. But anyway, continue.
2: Oh, yes. Just uh, like I said, I've been around forever. I pretty much have only done EWA, mm-hmm. mostly by choice. Okay. I have a lot going on. I don't feel like doing a full-time schedule with a bunch of different promotions or okay. anything. EWA is my home, always been my home. Like I said, I've done little things here and there for other feds that, like AWL, when they popped up, I did a couple because I'm friends with Ray. Right, it's a I local did, promotion. I yeah. did one MCW way back in the day, mm-hmm. which is cool because I grew up an MCW fan. Sure. Going to the first and second Shane Shamrock Cups. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so just a long-time fan. uh when i first started at ewa as a manager i was just a pizza boy for eagle so i would literally <laughs> literally he had an entourage of a camera boy uh something else and he was like i need a pizza boy and i'm like got it put <laughs> on so i bought a bunch of stuff off of ebay and basically was like paul bear but instead of an urn i would hold a pizza box and be like the pizza <laughs> but then eagle si. right go ahead. It, was, it was so good and then Eagle took some time off, and they were just like, hey, what do you want to do? And Vinnie Versace was born. Mm-hmm. My great aunt passed away, left me some pizza places, which made me a fortune. And I had a cool money suit, <laughs> and oh, that money suit was oh, so good. And then it ripped, which broke my heart. So then years went by. I've managed some people, blood a lot, uh, mm-hmm. Versace Enterprises. Right. Uh, then the money suit ripped in the pants so blood turned on me and then cut up my suit (laughs) and threw it to the crowd and i woke up in my underwear and like what happened and (laughs) and the fans are taunting me with pieces of my money suit and i'm like no and run away it was fantastic i I love stuff like i love the gaga the goofy stuff i i live and die for the gaga
0: that's a part of this business that you gotta have you gotta love gaga yeah. yeah And then, you know, a lot of it gaga, but a lot of it, you know, was on a serious note at the Midget Mania. There was a lot, of, a lot of ha-ha, a lot of gaga going on. But, I mean, that's part of this business. You know, there have been midgets in all sizes tall. There's been midgets. There's been giants. There's been every single race, creed, denomination, religion that you can think of. And, you know, why not take that opportunity? And I think that was great. We'll get into that. But now that we know a little bit about you and your pizza fortune, um, so – yeah, tell us a little bit. You you out there. You've also been a, a fan, um, affiliated with booking shows and you know book, you know at least doing talent. You know doing autograph signings, doing things like that at different shows. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: That's true. Uh, it's been a while. I actually did something at WrestleMania this year for Russell I brought in Eugene and Armando Estrada. Nice. Which it was cool. It didn't make much money. But it worked out. It was a good experience. Got to hang out with Eugene and Armando. I had booked Armando previously. Mm-hmm. really awesome guy. And then it's just like weird things like you go out take him out to dinner after the convention and mm-hmm. Jack Swaggers sitting with you and they're just telling stories and you're just sitting there listening. But uh, previously I had booked, for a Sinamania convention in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, which is actually coming back this September cool. after several years off. I, I probably wouldn't vend anybody, but it's going to happen, so check that out, Sinamania.com. Mm-hmm. I love those guys, so i got to give them a cheap plug. Sure. But uh, first time I brought in the Conway's in, uh, or no, I'm sorry, Rob Conway and the Basham's, Okay. and uh, so I, did it about five or six times. Uh, Gangrel, Lanny Poffo, and actually, you might sidebar because this Lanny Poffo story is something that has to be shared.
0: Oh, okay. We go like for it. we like backstories. Like back yeah, go, go for, for, for it, it, man. All
2: right. So me and my friend pick him up from the Philadelphia airport, and it's about a thirty-minute drive from there to where the hotel is that he's staying. Mm-hmm. So we're in the car and he's like, oh, you know, I wrote all my poems, so I came up with them myself. I'm like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. He's like, yeah, I can write a poem about anything. Give me a topic. I'm like, okay, uh, traffic, because we're stuck in traffic. He's like, sits there for a beat and is just like, no, I got nothing. I'm like, okay, okay. (laughs) I get it, traffic's tough for writing poems, I got it. He's like, give me something else. I'm like, all right, uh, wrestling conventions. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Way to beat. I got nothing. <laughs> He's like, what else you got? And I'm like, love. Come on, softball. Throwing you love. You can you can give me some love. So he sits there for a beat. He's like, I got nothing. But there's this one from Edgar Allan Poe. He he wrote one, and let me recite it for you. So while I'm driving, my friend's in the back seat. He's reciting this love poem from Edgar Allan Poe. That's maybe three, four minutes long. Mm-hmm. My buddy in the back seat just holding his mouth, like I can't believe this is the reality we live in right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so weird, nice guy, super nice guy. But sure, a bit on the weird side.
0: <laughs> well, you got to have a, a touch of that, you know, to be especially to be in the pro wrestling business. <laughs> that's true. You know, but um, so th- that's uh, some good, uh, you know, sidebar stories. You know, we appreciate that. You know, we run off on tangents here, at Big Ugly. We do it all the time. Hey, we always got run for stories, man absolutely now, now, big ugly, so uh you've been a privy to you know the big shift in in power and the big shift in change here in e w a pro wrestling that's been happening um, and and as you said uh, chris e w a pro wrestling has been around for sixteen seventeen years, no hiatus you know they' they've been consistent and they've changed the guard several times and this is this is another changing of the guard, but big ugly you're seeing it for the first time. And you're hearing about a lot of heat, you're hearing about a lot of backstage stuff, you're hearing hearing a lot, and you're seeing it too, and we're getting to talk to some people. Before we get into this, what are your initial thoughts of everything you've been seeing since the shift in power? You've seen a couple of the shows, you've seen some stuff on the internet, now you know some stuff's going up. What's your thoughts as a fan? Um, as a
1: fan, uh, and I think I might have said this on the other podcast, but, um, you know, I, I think I had a little bit of concern when I saw, like, the shift, you know, some of the guys leaving and everything. And I was wondering, because, I mean, these weren't, these were top guys, you know. Yeah. Like, so, you know, it's like you see top guys leaving, it's like, oh, boy, like, what's the show going to be like? Mm-hmm. Um, but after going to the shows, you know, I really didn't see much change. And by that, I mean, like, in a, in the actual entertainment value and the show right. that was being put on, you know, in the production uh, that was going into it, you know, It was still a great, fun show, you know, mm-hmm. to be at. I didn't see change in the crowds, you know. It didn't go from hundreds down to 25, you know. Mm-hmm. It was still packing in there, you know yeah. what I mean? So, as a fan, to me, it, you know, it's like the uh, how the show must go on, you right. know, and it's, it's still going on. I think everything's good. Um, I do think, you know... Given all of the heat that I've been seeing and stuff like that, you know, just for myself, when I'm when I'm seeing, you know, this person jump or this person jump after this person, to me, it just starts looking like a bandwagon thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, it's like, all right, well, this person decided. And, you know, I think I told you this before. You see this on regular jobs. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like the person that uh, everybody looked to and was like, oh, that's a good hard worker. And then they leave and then suddenly you're like oh, shoot, maybe this ain't the cool place to be anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get out of here, too. And it's like,
0: so, you know, I'm kind of wondering that. You know, it feels like that that could be what's going on here. It could be. Now, um, it could be a bandwagon thing. It could be, you know, the, the people have personal and professional politics. could be. Now, Chris, you, you've been on the inside of this, and you've been here – you know, since the beginning, through all this, you're here now. Um, we're not going to try to name names. I mean, we 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 know we've talked about the owner of EWA, Jim Christian, everybody knows. Um, you know, we've talked about, and we'll talk about other independent pre- wrestling promotions. But, again, we don't want to put out there, we're not right about this, we're not wrong, we're just fans. We're also... Not here to put anybody down. I'm a big supporter of independent professional wrestling in general. There's so much room for people to play. There's plenty of room in the pool, whether it be in a shallow end, in a deep end, in a jacuzzi. It don't matter. There's plenty of room for people to play. And this ain't a Vince McMahon, you know, domination thing. Even when he had the whole business dominated, what happened? Ring of Honor popped up, Lucha popped up, uh, TNA still popped up, Impact still hanging around. They bought by other people. You know, they're shifting and change. So Chris. Why don't you tell us your feelings about what's going on in the business of independent professional wrestling right now?
2: Sure, absolutely. Um, like I said, I've been from, with EWA since the beginning, and this is not the first time we've had this mass transition mm-hmm. of talent. Uh, first time. Have been, you ever
0: seen it this big?
2: Uh, this big, yes, but not this bitter.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I,
2: when Ruckus left, I uh, can't remember the year, but he took a lot of guys with him like Sabian, Derek Frazier. Yeah. That group of talent left, and... You would hear the same thing, is dead, they lost all their talent, blah, 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 over and over again. Then a new crop comes in. And Joe Hamilton eventually took over, was doing all the booking, doing promotions, very excellent job, I love Joe Hamilton, shout out to him. Okay. He had a falling out, I honestly don't know why, but his crop of talent left. Oh, is dead, blah, 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 next group come on, and it's gonna happen again and again. It's a cycle. That's where we are. There's plenty of talent out there, mm-hmm. it's, and we welcome them to come on in.
0: Yeah, just come on in. Do a tryout, you know, just come on down. You know, we got we got a wrestling school. <laughs> we got a place to, you know, train. We got a place to work. And, and this is just a natural flow and big, ugly natural flow of personal professional business. You know, things change. You know, people go up and, you know, people go out. And it happens in the WWE, too. You know, you want to go all the way up to that ladder. You don't see necessarily the same core group of people in the WWE right now that you saw five years ago, even two years ago. You know, that's got to be constantly changing and shifting and evolving because if it doesn't, you're going to see the same thing over and over again. And who's going to come to a show to watch that? Well, let me just rephrase that. Um, But I'm just saying, people will do that. But I mean, you want to keep it interesting. You want to keep it interesting for the fans and the people that are working there too. If you're coming in and doing the same thing over and over and over again, you know, with the same people what's the deal now in the past couple years and big ugly you noticed, we had a huge storyline wrapped around you know a core group of people and it seems like most of the people in that core group of storyline that's the people who pieced out you know one started and then it seemed to be a, a domino effect like you said it, you know and, and big ugly but um, you saw the new uh, – not necessarily the new group of talent, but the talent that stepped up and said, hey, I want that spotlight. I want to see this. And we've seen some you know, pretty interesting stuff. you know. And like you said, Big Ugly, there's been plenty of people that are watching. So, yeah. Right. And for example, Jesse, that, that guy
2: has it. I can't tell you what it is, <laughs> but just there's that charisma there that immediately – the fans attached to Jesse O'Reilly. There was a lot of people at our last show who may not have been familiar with who he was, but they were like immediately like, "I get it. I need to root for this guy." Mm-hmm. And that's just something that's just there.
0: And he, he's the underdog. You well, I mean, can't teach that. You can't <laughs> teach that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and and people get to shine. Now, you know, Jesse came a little bit on the uprise when you know that that crop, that core group of talent was still there. But Jesse is since then continued to shine and emerge and you know he's been in cruiserweight championship matches he is the cruiserweight champion now right. you know he beat west mercer west mercer had that title for a long time you know so obviously you know they're letting him you know grab a spotlight that he may not have been forwarded to him if the if this shift in power never changed
2: exactly
0: but he's one of the guys that is working for it, including uh, let's put it out there for ray Ray C. Hawkins, he's been the biggest supporter of EWA Pro Wrestling. Yeah, he's in a wheelchair. But he's been willing to do anything that's been put in front of him. He's still there. He comes to, you know, as many training sessions as he can. He does whatever he can do. He wants to be a part of it. You know what I mean? He
2: works hard. Exactly. If you don't root for Ray C. Hawkins just as a person overcoming what he has to deal with to live out his dream to be involved in the wrestling business, I just I have no time for you. (laughs) So honestly, like...
0: Go ahead, Big yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Question. Question. No, he's fine. Yeah. yeah.
2: So
1: I, I, I have a question for you guys. Like, you know, both of you guys being in business for as long as you have. Like, I've seen, you know, like I know that there are people that are in the business that like have issues with, you know, using someone like racy hawkins in the show you know or using like midgets like uh uh, at midget mania um during this last show yeah you know is this something that is typically universally frowned upon in a business because i feel like when we talk about you know the top we think about the wwe right which we've seen them use midgets before absolutely we've seen hornswoggle and el Torito, you know have a we at had the, the WLC right, match, exactly. oh, so I just watched exactly.
2: it recently again. It's yeah. so good, and, it's great. And, it was, and it was good, right? It was right.
1: like very entertaining, and it was the most over thing on like yeah. that whole show, almost. Yeah, and, and it I mean, was in the pre-show, yeah. and we have seen them like use handicap. So it's like, is this something frowned upon? Because it's like I don't, I wouldn't think that when we go watch that, you know, we'd be like, you know, oh, I never joined the WWE because they use midgets. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, that's at the very top, and they do it. So you know, what do you guys say on that?
2: I say every it's fair game, and if you have a problem with midgets or handicapped people being involved, I like I said I have no time for you mm. because, like, where do we draw the line? They they're perfectly fine to participate in professional wrestling, and I can't see any reason why they wouldn't be, unless you want to use that as a weapon against EWA to say like oh they're doing this because they're terrible, but you don't actually mean it. You're just using that as something to attack.
0: Right. Yeah, and it is something to attack, but and and a lot of the people that were attacking this were people that you know, we're very close to at least that company for the past year or so. Whether they had a you know a hand in the creative of it or a, a part of the storyline of it, I mean, everybody was all for it. You right. know, maybe not for the midget thing. Maybe everybody uh, kind of looked at that. Not everybody, obviously, because we that place was packed. But a lot of people looked at that. Even the people that have left EWA and said, "Oh, that's going to kill your career. Oh, you you don't want to be a card working on that kind of card. You don't want to be." Well, I don't think so because. You know, I don't see any careers that are dead. I don't see any careers that were shifted because of it. And I don't see any anybody that was downplayed in, the, you know, the couple hundred people that came and paid to see that. Right. You know, and then enjoyed that and wanted to see it again, you know, next year. So,
2: yeah. All I saw was a lot of people having a great time.
0: That's what and- it's all about.
2: Without question, that might have been the most fun I've had at a show. It was fun. Like, it was just a fun show. And that group
0: was a great group to work with. The MWF, Absolutely. Micro Wrestling Federation. You had a good time, didn't you, Big Uncle? Yeah, no, it was fun. Yeah, and I and I told you on the last podcast, it's
1: like, you know, typically, like, that's not even something I'll be into. Not because I have anything against, like, mid- midgets or anything, but, like, you know, I enjoyed it, though. It was good. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. See, and that's it, what it's all about. It's having a good time. You know, the pro wrestling business... You know, there's a lot of companies out there that treat it as a business, big business, and that's what they do. And that's fine. That is the way they want to do business. But, again, there's a lot of room to play in the pool. Like, what's the point of jabbing at people when there's no there's no recourse except it makes you come off as an idiot? Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's like – and if the people jab back, I mean, it makes – some Somehow it looks even worse, but then some people draw back and they say, you know what, I was wrong. You know, I shouldn't have been that. It's like, why Why bring that heat upon yourself and m- might make that look like to you, to another promoter, oh, this guy's willing to start trouble. That's
2: What's wh- the point? That is what I was trying to get across with a situation that happened at the last show. Like, sure, you're making EWA look bad. I agree. This looks bad. However, at the same time... People are gonna see your name attached to, oh, this guy shows up, he has a problem with a promoter and shows up at the show to cause a ruckus. I don't wanna book him, what if we have a falling out? Like, it hurts you at the same time, and you need to realize that. Just take a, take a step back, look at it from all angles, and be like, wait, this isn't helping me, this is hurting me while hurting them. Is it worth it? Yeah. And if it is worth it, then stop wrestling. Just be done with it, buy mm. your ticket, sit in the front row and rah, rah, rah. Yeah. Make a choice.
0: Absolutely. And I agree with that, too. And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll attest to this, Big Ugly. It's like if you put something on the Internet, it's there forever. Absolutely. You know, you can't delete it, get rid of it, whatever. Anybody can see that. You know, and you write something. You put a video up there. You know, and it just, it just makes you look... You know, it gives us the stigma about you that can spread and spread and spread, so it can't be good for you in the future. You might get a couple of comments and a couple of likes and a couple of haha's and a couple of right. thumbs up and loves, but you know, ultimately, what does that do? Is it something to just entertain for like a short period of time? Because I gotta say, in that situation that you just brought up, I got no problem with any of the people that were involved in that situation, I really don't. I have, no, I have a problem with the situation, and I reached out to a couple people, and I was like, look, just look out for yourself, bro. You don't want to be involved in this. You know." And we've even told people on, in, in our promotion, in EWA, like, back off, man. Right. Just, just chill out. Like, let it go. Like, because all it's doing is fueling this internal social media craze, and then it gets people talking negatively, gets people acting negatively, and then what happens? You know, nothing Nobody good comes wins. of it. Nobody, Nobody wins. wins. It's just a hot heat for no reason. So, with
1: so you, so you so you guys don't think that, you know, with with the heat and, like, the controversy, we know that, like, people, you know, latch on to that kind of stuff. Like, nothing good can come out of it productive production-wise in the ring. Like, this won't create competition um, that, you know, or that fans will, you know, latch on to because of, because of like, you know, this heat that's going back and forth.
2: No, nah, I, I don't think it helps anyone, honestly. Yeah. I think... Everyone looks bad in the situation.
0: It's and- not going to hurt ticket sales or production for any of the promotions that any of these people work for. It's going to hurt future chances right. for people to get over in certain promotions or get spots or get booked because if somebody looks back and sees that, somebody could chuckle and say, haha, you know, but that might be somebody that. Could be just as negative as the other person, but then he's going to be look like well he, that's a troublemaker. He don't want to play. He don't want to. You don't want to wrestle. He just wants to start trouble. Right. Don't yeah. want
2: that. And there was someone in our locker room. I won't name their name, but they were like, I hope this guy doesn't try to get booked at this place because I'll be like, no, he did this. So like word spreads. It's a small business. Yeah. And yeah. Really, just hurting
0: yourself. It's a small world in general. It's a small world, and yeah. social media is just. If it wasn't for that. I don't know. It might be a different story, right. but you just put that stuff out maybe there. Maybe
2: that's the new thing. Like, cause, like I said, people left before, maybe not on the best of terms, yeah. but they just left. And they went away. And they, maybe they would chime in every now and again like, oh, EWA, it sucks. But they wouldn't just constantly be like, oh, i got to get their Twitter and write funny things so I can high-five my friends. <laughs> right.
0: You know? Oh, man. Hey.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, sorry. it's just like any other business. It's like relationships matter. Absolutely. You know, it's one of the most important things, and you don't really want to burn that bridge. Even if you want to, in that
0: particular part of a relationship, you don't need to burn it to the ground. Exactly. Yeah. And that's fine. Just just man up. Just you know, talk to whoever's in charge and just say, look, man. I I got different ideas I want to do different things and you know step out bow out gracefully you you know you leave on good terms there's no heat and then you just move forward and everybody's everybody's fine everybody supports everybody else I don't support the heat I still support everybody and I understand both sides I I don't know the whole story on both sides but I understand both sides I get it but again it's like you know when people come out to uh, and I'm not. I'm going to throw it. You know, any other professional wrestling promotion at all, independent professional wrestling promotion. You buy a ticket. You want to be entertained. You want to get your money's worth. You know, and with one part it's big business. You know, you bring in big names. You you know pay big money to have autographs, pictures. You know, they, they come in and do promos, whatever the case may be. Uh, and, and they have you know good wrestling on the show too. But it's like that's the business that they do. We you know, at DWA. You know don't have that checkbook you know we don't have that backing we don't have that promotion but we do have a place for people to play right. you know and it's real relatively central to where people want to travel to it's a nice facility to come in and do your stuff in you know be, be creative in the ring on the mic on the camera whatever and just it's a, it's a place for people to play so why does it hurt Or why does it help anybody to trash a place, especially when you've been there? And this is not just goes for EWA. This is anywhere. Like, when you leave, why trash the place? What's the point? You were there for a long time. Why are you trashing it? You're just basically trashing yourself. Because you you obviously wouldn't have been there at all, if that's the case. Right.
2: Like, I saw someone comment. I won't mention who, but they were like, EWA has no talent. But then someone else leaves, and they're like, oh, you're great. You're going to do good. Like, wait, which one is it? (laughs) Come on. But, yeah. uh, it's. And the best thing about EWA for me is you'll you can see people as they're starting, yeah. as they're beginning, like Ryan McBride for example. Love mm-hmm. the guy I haven't talked to him in years, but yeah. he started in EWA. I yep. was there for his first match, saw him progress. I whatever happened, I think he left with Joe because he was tight with Joe, went sure. to MCW. Sure, but like a, like you see a guy like him develop and grow and throughout the years, man, the talent roster. We have had Drew Gulak did about a year and a half in, Rich mm-hmm. Swan. Uh, Adam get, Cole. Adam Cole, of course. His first title was in EWA. Nice. Uh, Luke Gallows did a couple spots. Uh, a very young DJ Hyde mm-hmm. worked some of his first matches in EWA. Uh, but, yeah, you see guys before, and it's kind of cool. I like, mean, you watch TV and be like, oh, yeah, I shared a locker room with that guy. I got to see him work some matches before he really got going. Switching with Adam Cole, like, he was very young when he started. Mm-hmm
0: very young yeah. now and, and that's the thing it's not like necessarily we're we're downplaying you know ewa or up playing you know mcw or anybody like that but you know mcw is obviously on a bigger level with bigger business so you know bigger production value bigger stage you know more money and that's fine and you know you, you want to aspire to keep going up in the business or you want to aspire to keep doing different things in the business you know ewa has been your home for a while it's been my home for a while but i've worked in mcw before i've worked in ewa before i've worked in mewf ago um so i mean it it, there's a plenty of places for people to play there's other professional wrestling organizations you know it's you know obviously you want to push the one that you're on and you know if you're on more than one you want to do the best you can with what you got No matter where that is, I just think there's, you know, no reason for the heat and there's enough room for people to play. And I I would hope that everybody can just take a step back. I mean, people are going to listen to this podcast and be like, you know, what the, you know, Mikey doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, but I've been in this company for five plus years and I've been around this business for about 20 years. So, I mean, I have more life experience with this than a lot of people because I am a little bit old. I just turned 40 years old. You know, whoa. Sorry, but uh, it's it's the thing of I've seen enough to know EWA is a great place to play. I, I aspire to, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, MCW or anybody else that's in the, in the Baltimore or Maryland area, you know, if, you want, if that's where you want to go, that's what you want to do. If you want to train in that school, you want to be on that card, if you want to work in their business, that's great. But you can also come and work in our business. We have a school, you know, we have a business, we have a show, you know. It draws different crowds It draws different money It draws different numbers So what? Who cares? This is not a competition One is not going to put the other out of business Ever You know One's not going to say Oh my god The other one Especially you know It's basically Jim Christian owns it And as long as he wants to continue running a professional wrestling business He will Absolutely yeah I uh Sorry, man. I'm going on break. No, no, no. You're fine. I'll, I've been just rant so away. it's been a
2: lot going on. Yeah,
0: stressed, and I just want to just get this out and just be like, look, screw it, and move on. Right.
2: Like EWA is not perfect. Jim's not perfect. I don't always agree with Jim. That's perfectly okay. You don't have to always agree with Jim. Just move on if you don't. If you get to that impasse where you cannot get past your issues, just move on. But when you try to basically say, I want to close down EWA, because it's an ego trip. It's like, I created this, so I must kill it, (laughs) because it cannot exist without me. And that's just not true. And it's, as you saw at the Midget Show, the draw was great. Yeah. And that's through the hard work of everyone involved.
0: That's right. And it was a Friday night and it was the middle of the summer. But, you know, everybody put in a lot of hard work on that show. And I got to, you know, I got to say, you know, and and nobody's perfect and no show is perfect and whatever. But it's like, you know, if you like I said, where do you draw the line? Is it midgets? Is it wheelchairs? Is it whatever, you know, and it's he's going to run the company the way he's going to run the company. And the people are going to run MCW, BCW, House of Pain. They're going to run whatever they're going to run. ACW, no problem. Uh, Big Ugly You have been uh, Patiently waiting Um, I want you to throw in You know We talked about And we'll throw it out there We usually don't like To lose name James Ellsworth Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. So he's been a promoter For a long time He's been a worker For a long time He has his own Wrestling company ACW Uh, He still has it It's James Moore's promotion That's who he is So look where he is On the WWE He's had main event storylines He's had a Wrestlemania moment you know, and he also ruined the money in a bank. Well, <laughs> he did. and he apparently got a lot of heat for that. Um, so maybe that's why he's got the 30 day suspension. I don't know. Could be storyline, could be contract. I have no clue. But so you look at that. That could happen to anybody on any roster at any time for any reason. If you're in the right place, the right he's time. Up. He was at the Raw show in Baltimore. Yeah. He was there with the extras. He was there with the extra talent. They asked him to work a match yeah. with Braun Strowman. He got his ass kicked. You know, one piece of fan art later, and he's got a two-year contract.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, you bring up a good point because it's like, you know, his promotion. What is it? ACW. ACW, right. So, I mean, it's not the biggest promotion in Maryland. Absolutely not. Probably not even close. Um, and that's not a dig at no, him, the but there are just, just other bigger promotions, right? So, but the point is, is that you know he didn't need to be with you know the biggest promotion. But I mean, look where he is now. Yeah. So I mean, you just bring up a good point.
0: Yeah, and he's got more of a mainstay now. There are some people that are on the WWE roster that have been through MCW. There's people in it, and they in turn have been through EWA. If you if you're a wrestler you've come up through the system, there really isn't a place there where you haven't worked. You know in that territory or in that place that you've been you, you you've been through there somewhere you know d edwards you know he's big referee on wwe right now and he came through ewa mm-hmm. you know he and he went through and it's i don't know man i there's i keep going back to this there's plenty of places for people to play but you know you got to hone your craft and you got to understand that you're going to do it differently in different places you know, there's people that went from ACW to MCW. There's people went from EWA to MCW. MCW, like you said, Big Ugly, it's that bigger promotion. It's that bigger production. You know, and they got more room, more money, more places. But there's, you don't have a place for everybody. So right. you got to gotta, that's gotta a, figure what you're going to do.
2: That's actually my biggest question about everyone that's just mass exiting EWA because they think they have this MCW hookup. There's just not enough spots. Yeah. So what's going to happen when their boy doesn't follow through or he can't because there's only so many spots and MCW books a lot of names that take a lot of time absolutely they have their own training center where they're bringing up guys so it's like where are you fitting in yeah and I know there's other promotions BCW ACW but that's fine you can work there too but I'm saying if your goal is MCW Burning a bridge isn't going to help.
0: No, and, and I don't. I, I say go for that goal. Go what you do, what you want to do. But why? Why burn the bridge behind you? What's the point? I don't get the point. Go ahead, Big Ugly. I'm sorry. Uh,
1: uh, no, no, you guys are fine. I was just going to. I was actually going to ask. Uh, you know, going along with what Chris was saying, like why? Um, if you're leave, if you have a spot, like let's say you're a top guy where you are, like let's say EWA, and you decide like you want to go to MCW. Like to me, it's like. If I'm not going, if I'm not being brought into MCW like pretty much in the spot that I am, it seems like I'd be working kind of backwards in a sense because it's like I'm starting completely over. And now it's like I was a name where I am, and now I'm just, you know, a, not to say a number, but, you know, I'm just a new guy yeah. here. You know what I'm saying? Because, and that's where you got to start. Right, yeah. exactly. And so I'm just, I, I wouldn't see the allure for something like that I mean I don't know like what, what do you guys think is it is it worth it I, to do that So for me Go ahead.
2: I would prefer to be a big cog in a small machine yeah. than a small cog in a big machine and that's kind of what they're moving to and I get it you think that it'll eventually lead to something and it may but like for example Sean Cannon he went out the right way no heat. He was like, "Look, I'm moving on to MCW. They run a lot, so I don't want to have."
0: He set a great example. Exactly. Let's put it that. He's way. like,
2: "I don't want to have any scheduling conflicts where I have to choose. I'll come in, drop the title. Everything's cool. Thank you for making me who I am." And he comes back from time to time too, when there's like an opening or like he came in for the Sweet Sixteen.
0: Yeah, and that that was beautiful and. Because, you know, he had not burned that bridge and he kept and he did it the right way. He he, he went to MCW and he is creating a, a new name, a new brand for himself, him and the Punk Rock All-Stars. I've got to put them over because I, I like them. They're awesome. Um, but he's he went to that big machine and he's busting his ass and he's doing it and he's doing it the right way. But he the, he went out the right way.
2: Right. And he, he was also brought in They're like we want you to wrestle for us on a regular basis, not just like, hey, maybe you can work around for a little bit, we'll see what comes up.
0: Yeah, see, it's all about going out the right way. And I'd say he's probably the only one, you know, other people have tried to go out the right way and maybe they have, maybe they haven't, but there's just a lot of heat because they didn't go out the way they wanted to or they didn't go out the way they felt like they should have deserved to go. Nobody deserves any, this is the pro wrestling business. You deserve what you earn and you earn by working, you know, and working hard at doing whatever it is that you do. And I just I don't think anybody deserves anything. I don't think there should be. You got to have a certain amount of ego in, in this business and in any business. And we're going to take a short break here in a minute because I know we've been talking a while. But it's just a matter of, you know, do it the right way so that everybody, you know, can be on the same page. And you'd be like, you know, what? hey, EWA is down the street. Yeah, no problem. We don't run on trying to run on the same days or, you know, run up against each other. It's about, hey, man. You're gonna go see that show? Great, no problem. Hey, guess what? You got an MCW show on it. Oh, guess what? There's an ACW show. You know, as a fan, big ugly, if you had an opportunity, go see them all, man. Yeah, go see I mean, them all. I've only been to EWA, but yeah, I, should. I know. I but, should support more but, independent wrestling. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you're gonna, so, if you're gonna support independent wrestling, you got to be able to support all of it. Right. That's just my opinion. So I have a
1: question. I'm Kind of segueing. This is
0: a little bit off of what we're talking about, but. Um, if
1: you're if you're an owner of an independent promotion and you have someone that is going to exit and you know we talk about sean cannon how he did it the right way yeah you know should you take it personal and the reason i ask this is because like you think about let's say if somebody has a a regular nine to five corporate job right and a person leaves you know that they're going to get replaced like you know you have many other workers you know uh you know, for the most part, you're replaceable, right? And so no one's gonna take it personal, you know, the wheels on that bus gonna keep turning. But when you think about an indie promotion, you know, you're you're a promoter, you have a person that's in a top spot, you know, they might be a draw for your company, and now they wanna exit, you know what I'm saying? So this is kinda personal because what's gonna happen is you're gonna take that talent that, you know, pretty much as an owner, I've been helping to groom and helping to mold, Mm -hmm. and now you're gonna take that talent to somewhere else and make that company money. Should you take it personal, or should you just understand it's just the way it goes?
2: See, it's kind of tough. Like, I get both sides, but the reality is MCW is the bigger company. Yeah. It absolutely is. There's no denying that. They bring in the names, which bring in the crowd.
0: Um, and they have the talent, too, and they have the, the school to keep fueling it, too, right. so that's what they and did. And that can
2: be a gift and the curse, too, because if the the names are the draw, what are you? You're just a cog that's there, to. and they might cheer, they might boo, but they're here to see Goldberg, not you. Yeah. But, like, I get where Jim comes from. He takes it personal because he feels like he gave these guys an opportunity. They built a name for them themselves, and then someone else is going to reap the benefits. There are guys that... MCW would not even consider for years and then they got a gimmick, they worked it up, everything was cool, they're making money with selling shirts and then they're like, oh hey why don't you come work for us now? And I can get that can be frustrating because you have to start all over Mm -hmm. but at the same time I feel like everything is a cycle our guys will get big, cycle to MCW, their guys get big, cycle to Evolve, those guys get big, cycle to WWE it's just the food chain and it's unfortunate that people have to leave and it can happen and it should happen like if one of our guys got signed with WWE that's the best thing that could happen
0: right yeah and they end up going through the chain and getting there yeah
2: right but it's just a matter of like it's not about people leaving it's going about the right way like look Jim I have this opportunity I appreciate everything you did for me I'm sorry this isn't going to work out anymore I'll try to come back and you know pop a house or whatever yeah but it doesn't always work like that. Yeah,
0: and and I and I agree with you. It's it's not about what you do; it's about how you do it. And you know, on the food chain, you know, we're definitely you know, MCW is the bigger company, but it's great you know would you take it personally i would take it personally on how it was done i wouldn't take it personally on that it was done because if somebody has built themselves up to the point where they can take that next step in their personal professional life you can't stay in one place forever and that's that's just with any job that's with any promotion even the people in the wwe don't stay there forever very the longevity in this business is almost next to nothing you know you gotta you gotta do other things you gotta be other places because other places may use you a different way or you know market you a different way promote you a different way all these people that have come up through the EWA in the past five or six years that I've been there and that have gone on to do different things some of them gone off and you never heard from them again some of them have gone up and like Sean Cannon he's doing his thing and it's it's, he's doing great and he's loving life and he loves professional wrestling and that's great you know if and and I'm gonna bring this up too you just said it if it wasn't for the several years or whatever that some of these people spent in EWA making a uh, name for themselves, would they have gone right into the next phase of MCW? I don't think so. I don't think so. And would they would they have started with MCW and you know went in there and paid their prices to, you know, be in there and some people can do it, you know, and into their into their wrestling school or have been a fans and then you know just kind of worked their way up. They could do it, but would they be where they are right now without this time that they spent in EWA? No. I don't think any of them would be. Um, you know, and because of EWA, that's a place to perform. That's a place to hone your craft. That's a place to, you know, do a, a little bit of what you have done to get to the next level wherever you're wanting, wanting to go. So I think it's just about how you do it. Right. I, I, I can't think of one other person who's done it better than Canon. Right, neither and, can. And I don't know, you've been around a lot longer. You've seen, you know, it happen three, four, five, however many right. times. Have you seen anybody exit with that kind of. That kind of style, with that kind of honesty, with that kind of—have you ever seen? I mean, that?
2: not that I've been privy to. I'm not always privy to everything, but I mean, there's been guys like Drew Gulak that's like, look, my schedule's not going to work for this promotion. I'm working Chikar, I'm working CZW, I'm working here. I'm but
0: doing- at least he was upfront about it, wasn't he?
2: Right. Exactly. He was like, look, I'm, i am had fun. Thanks for the memories. See you down the road. Yeah. See. And also Adam Cole. That's a guy. He—he. He, I don't know if you he were here or not, but he came back. And wrestled for the cruiserweight title and lost really like a couple of years after he had left and became a pretty dis- Decent name he was in ring of honor at the time not the champ Right, but he came back and lost to our cruiserweight champion in the main event That's pretty cool, and I'm sure he got paid But he didn't have to be do the job in the middle of the ring one, two, three, clean as a sheet for our cruiserweight champion.
0: That's see dope. didn't that cool? yeah, that's dope. What do you think big ugly time for a break? Yeah man, we can go ahead and a break. Yeah, and when we come back, you know, we're going to we're going to get out of this uh, little shoot interview. We're going we're going to kind of wrap it all up uh because it, again, it ain't about hating on anybody. It's about, you know, trying to send a message, bro. Can I All right. do the right you, thing. You brought this up because you said hating on somebody. Hating. And so, uh I've
1: noticed that there's some hate for a particular person who I won't Name them in. Um, I didn't do it in the promotion. No, not not you. But you know, they represent a very prominent neighborhood in Baltimore. Um, <laughs> so, and so That's you know. right. And so um, you know, when thinking about this person, it's like you know, as as I just said, like you know, I've heard that you know, it's a lot of hate for this person, but you know as as i've learned from from you and even you said on a podcast like you know that you know they are very instrumental in in marketing and trying to bring in you know as many people as i can to the show and everything you know why why like what in the what would make people like kind of hate on this person if that person is like going through so much to try and get people into the show and trying to like contribute to the company. Like what, you know, what could bring that person heat? Like, it's like, don't you look at that, you know, and say like, oh, you know what? Like, you know, that guy may not be on like a technical level like I would want, but you know, it's like, hey, you know, he's still, he's still looking out. He just ain't showing up
0: and not doing anything. You know what I'm saying? All right, right, well, without naming names, go ahead, Chris.
2: (laughs) Uh, everyone has a role. He serves his role well, I feel. Um, and I, I can understand why there's a little heat towards him for that. I completely understand that. But what has he done to them personally is what I would say. Yeah. What has he done to you? Has he said something to you or acted a way to you that was inappropriate you felt? Because if not, then why, why are you bothering
0: I agree. And, and, you know, this person, again, you know, doesn't have the same bringing up or, you know, the full training that some of these other guys have had, um, you know, and he's been put into, you know, matches and situations and, and given spots, you know, to, to help get our guys over, you know what I'm saying? You know, ultimately, you know, he is a draw. He, you know, this person sells a lot of tickets and has a lot of groups, a lot of influence. So the reason that there was X amount of number watching the crowd of some of the people that over the past five years is because of this guy. We may not have had, you know, no matter how creative you think you might be, or how many people you think you might draw. He went out there and sold, at 7,500, whatever, and people that he knows comes in and you know buys out, you know, hundreds of other tickets. Like that, from a wrestling promoter standpoint, is gold. If you got somebody that can go out there and sell tickets who can't work, Hulk Hogan. Okay. Hey, he could work. Okay. Well, wait a minute. He could work, but what technical skill did he have? He had the knowledge of what worked for the business. Right. You know, and he did not have to do much more than throw a couple of right hands, throw a couple of boots, throw a couple of leg drops. Now, everything he did, he did with intensity. There was a reason behind it. You know, and he had to look, but he was marketable. I'm just saying as far as, and, and this is the same thing I'm not putting on hulk hogan on the same as this right, person right. but i'm talking about the idea is the same mm. like you know you, you you use what you use what works you. you use what brings you in you know if and this person would have came up through to school didn't have all his connections you know he might have gone through to school and learned more and maybe it had a different spot on a different show who knows but you're putting asses in the seats right this people is- want to come in and see you you know, win or lose, or they just want to come in and see you do, you know, do your thing in the ring. That's, I got no, I got no hate for that at all. What do you think, Big Ugly? You shouldn't hate that.
2: Right, yeah. I mean, I agree. I agree. Like, this is independent wrestling. The margins of profit to loss are slim. Jim's not being super rich off of this. I don't think anyone should think that by adding numbers up. And if this is a way to make extra ticket sales, then do it by all means. He's not main eventing, he has like a mid card spot. You know, it's is he taking away from anyone else? Is what I would say. What is he taking away from anyone else or the show in general?
0: Yeah, and it's not about titles and it's not about things like that. Titles are just. You know reasons for competition It's not necessarily you're better than somebody else right. if you're the Maryland champion if you're the heavyweight champion of whatever promotion It doesn't make you better. It just makes you the focal point at right. this point in time
2: And so, I would say if you take it personal that someone is our heavyweight champion, then who is the mark? Exactly the fans are you? And yeah I'm, yeah, I'm shooting put it out there shoot I'm with shooting. that. That's
0: a great way to take it into break <laughs> Oh, man. So yeah, I I have no problem with that either so You know what? We are going to take a break because we need to simmer down. We need to to relax. And, uh, you know, if you listen to this so far, we appreciate you listening. Again, we're a fan of every professional wrestling promotion. We just need everybody to chill the F out. Yes,
2: and that's for both sides, not just them, not just. No, that's for everybody. everybody. Just like stay in your lane, do your business, make your money, sell your tickets, sell your merch. Tearing other people down will not build you up. And that's for all sides.
0: And that's for every personal and professional profession everywhere. Exactly. So... What do you think, Big Ugly? Uh, We're not right. We're not wrong. Just fans. That's right. This is Dirty Mike, a.k.a. Mikey D, the voice of Maryland, and I'd like to invite you to the Pain Factory EWA Pro Wrestling Training Facility, 1113 North Point Road in Dundalk, Maryland, for free tryouts to be in the pro wrestling business. We also have pro wrestling birthday parties for all ages. For all that and more EWA Pro Wrestling info, contact us at 443-858-2755. Find us, like us, follow us, and join us on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and EWAMaryland.com. We're back, and we're still in the air. We haven't been fired yet. We haven't been uh, taken down yet, which is great, because uh, we just shot. We just shot out big time. Uh, we're back on a dirty, think ugly... We have heat. Um, well, you know, we're dirty and we're ugly, so we could be hot, too. Uh, coming up. My name is Dirty Mike. I'm the big ugly. And we are sitting here with our friend Chris, who uh, is otherwise known as Vinny Versace. Uh, you know, EWA Pro Wrestling, the Maryland State Commission of Athletics, which I think is just one of the most fun gimmicks ever. Um, and actually, your gimmick is now... The Maryland State Athletic Commission, for real, used to get a lot of heat when we used to bring them on shows. Now they're getting a little bit less heat, and you're taking all the heat from them as far as your gimmick is concerned. So that little 99-cent badge that you have, and, uh, and even though Jericho stole your gimmick with the clipboard, um, hey, you know, it's fun. It's, it's what it's all about. It's fun, and it makes, uh, makes some, for some interesting storytelling. So are you enjoying yourself with that?
2: Oh, it's probably the most fun I've been having. And Is it better than the pizza boy? It's better than the pizza boy. Pizza boy, I didn't talk for about a year and a half, two years. But, uh, yeah, man, the heat's incredible. I, I took a Bronco Buster from a female midget, and I can I can tell people that for the rest of my life. Uh, the stinky pinky. The stinky pinky. Uh, I went to work on Monday. They were like, oh, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, you know, just took a... Bronco Buster from the Midget, what'd you do?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I read. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's fun, man, you know, and, and that might not ever get you into WWE or it might not ever prevent you from getting in the WWE, but it's, it's just fun, man. So to wrap up this whole thing, you know, we were kind of talking offline a little bit. Um, just, you know, seriously, if, if you got a beef, you know, keep it with Wendy's or keep it with, you know, keep your beef somewhere else. Where the beef belongs. Leave your beef at home. I mean for real. Or eat it. Or e- eat it. Just eat it. Swallow it. Swallow your beef. I, I don't know. That sounds better. That doesn't sound worse. Um, but anyway, seriously, if you got if you got heat, why bring it? Just leave it leave it be. You know, put that creativity, put that passion into what you're doing in this business, no matter what it is. And go out there and have fun. And go out there and succeed. And like you said, go out there and make money. So sell, sell your merch. You know, do what you gotta do, but you know don't trash anywhere where you've been don't put over anywhere where you're going as you know the end all be all cuz it's not it's not the end of the world this is independent professional wrestling independent is it's there for a reason it's, it's called professional wrestling is there for a reason so and you never know who you might need down the line so you know keep those relationships right yeah you know and uh you know, down the line, you never know where you're going to go or where you're going to end up. But you don't want to end up somewhere and be like, oh, man, I saw that I saw that stuff you tried to pull. I don't like you. I ain't working with you. You know, you, it can only work out bad for yourself. And in, in the short term, you might pop yourself and you might pop a couple people that are going to like your Facebook feed. But that's all it is. That's all it is. So if you think that's going to be the end all be all, good luck to you. But anyway, anybody got some things to wrap up before we go into talking about something else? Now, nah, all I got is
2: success is the best revenge. That's all I got to say. Just keep grinding, do your thing, and
0: get big. Get big. Be the best home. you can be. That's right. And do it, you know Big Ugly, what do you think about all this shooting? Yeah, man, grind hard You know I like to shoot, man <laughs> I'm a straight shooter You're a straight shooter, and I like that So um, let's talk a little bit about um, Let's get into some other things You know, we've had some people You know, leave some comments on the podcast About uh, things going on in the world of professional wrestling So let's just throw some uh, things out there And let's just, let's just start talking about them So first of all um, Let's talk about Cody The American Nightmare Let's talk about him being a champion of Ring of Honor, I believe. He's a champion of New Japan, I think, right now as well? No, he fought for the belt. He fought for the belt. For the
2: IWGP belt in the LA shows.
0: Okay. But he didn't win it. He
2: did not win it, no. Okay.
0: So you know Cody Rhodes. You know Stardust. Yeah, yeah of course. Stardust. Yeah. American Nightmare. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's not using the Rhodes name right now. Um, just using Cody. But he's getting out there, and look look what he did. He was on the biggest stage in the world, wrestling for the WWE for a lot of years, under a lot of different gimmicks. Mm-hmm. And then he went out, and he went to some smaller production promotions, and he did different things, and he got over. But, you know, he probably made more money in the WWE. He was probably more seen and heard of in the WWE, whether he was Stardust or Dashing Cody Rhodes or whatever the hell he was. But look at that. Do you see that as moving backward? I mean, I think this guy's, you know, very happy in what he's doing.
2: Right. I'm not the biggest Cody fan, but... uh he bet on himself basically. That's he right. left a job he was probably guaranteed for life just because of his last name. Absolutely. And was like, No, I'm better than Stardust. I can main event. I can carry a promotion. I'm going to go and try that out. So he went and he went to Evolve first. And basically, he marketed himself in a way that other people that leave haven't. They would just leave and be like, Oh, I'm a name. Book me. But he was like, <laughs> promoting on Twitter hard. Like, I'm going to be here filming videos. He made himself seem much bigger deal than he was. Mm-hmm. And then he eventually got the Ring of Honor and won the belt. And he bet on himself and a year later it paid off in dividends. See? That's pretty cool. No, what yeah. do you think
1: about that? No, yeah, I agree. I actually um, I actually like Stardust. I was hoping to see a little bit more from Stardust. Like, when, when a character first premiered, when he first bought a character, yeah. it was intriguing. Right. And as time went on, it was like, uh, uh, this is kind of You know, got kind of stale. (laughs) Um, But you know, as far as him, as far as him like moving on, I think that I think that right now you can tell that he's happy. You know what I mean? Like he's liking what he's doing, going back and forth between his promotions. I'm sure he's got more freedom Mm -hmm. than what he did in the WWE. Yeah. Um, Just as you said, the money isn't probably as great. So I feel like what I feel like Cody's at was at a point where what mattered to him more was you know him being in that. That spot, You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? That spot mattered to him a lot, which is, you know, now he's in top spots. He's a champion of ROH. I feel like he's going to get to a point in his career where he's going to start looking at that twilight in his career. Mm-hmm. And that's when he's going to start looking to go back to the WWE when it becomes more about like, okay, I just want to make money to set my family up. You know, I'm not as concerned about being the top guy. I just want to go out and work hard. And that's when I think we'll see him back as Cody Rhodes. So you think he's getting it out of a system? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. That
2: Another thing, he's also been taking acting jobs too, which all okay. in WWE wouldn't have been able to. He's been right. on Arrow a couple yeah. times. Yeah, he did a good job too. Yeah, yeah. To you.
0: how about that? So he's expanding. You know, there's a couple people in WWE that can go out and do that, but they're you know basically contracted out to do that because of WWE Studios or whatever else reasons. Yeah,
1: I think you got Arrow because of the whole Stephen Amell
2: thing right, they like did. Yeah, good friends. Yeah. I
0: gotta say, I wasn't the biggest fan of that, but I understand why <laughs> they did it. You know right. what I mean? It's the same thing why they bring John Stewart in the middle of SummerSlam twice in two years. You know what I'm saying? Same reason they bring in uh, what's the dude's name from the uh, the apology Pete Rose. You right. know? I, I, that's iconic. Legendary. Him getting tombstoned by Kane several times. Yeah. So... You know, but, I, I feel like why
1: is it that back in the day when you brought in celebrities, um, you know, we could go back to like, you know, WrestleMania one and stuff. You brought a celebrity. It was a big deal. Right. And f- nowadays we reject it. Like what happened in these 30 years that it's like we don't want celebrities
0: in wrestling. Like, I, I think and Chris, you might agree with this. It's an ego thing. The people are like, this is this is my ring. I trained. You know, I belong to be here. I belong in this spotlight. You're taking my spotlight.
2: Right. Sigma fans, too. Like, why is he here when Samoa Joe could be there? Right. But right. it's like, because this guy gets the eyeballs mm-hmm. of America. Right. You know, like, Floyd Mayweather wrestled Big Show WrestleMania. Some people were upset about that. It turned out fantastic.
0: It sure did. But,
2: but at the time, people were like, why is he in this spot? Because ESPN's talking about it. Right. The Attitude Era started not really because of Alston versus McMahon, but because of Mike
0: Tyson. That's exactly right. He so did, does
2: not get nearly enough credit for his, when he pushed Alston in the, Schmaltz happened. Yeah, yeah. That's when people are like, Oh wow, wrestling is cool. What <laughs> yeah. happened? I thought it was all about cheesy characters. Yeah. Look at this guy. Cause like that
0: was legit. Like I remember yeah. being a kid watching yeah. that,
2: and I'm like, "Oh shoot, Mike Tyson's <laughs> right,
1: going to beat up Steve Austin." <laughs> and that's when the
0: curtain wasn't pulled back yeah. enough, you know, for the business. You know, obviously, it, we know it's all a work, and you know, whatever the case may be. But I mean, that was legit. You know, Austin was saying, "You're in my ring," and then Tyson just had that look on him. He shoved he him, gave, the gave him the
1: fingers, gave him,
0: yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I was like, the that's money came out of great his pocket. stuff. Yeah. And I mean, they even set it up the same way with Floyd Mayweather and the Big Show. I mean, Mayweather broke Show's nose in the first one. On one confrontation right. in the beginning of that, and they had legit people trying to pull Big Show out of there so he didn't go after Floyd, even though it was all planned up. You know, it's like, man, you got you get that intensity and you get your heat. Unbelievable. Lawrence Taylor back in uh, WrestleMania 11, you know, he, he faced Bam Bam Bigelow in the main event. It was a non title match, but it was the biggest story that. Bam bam pushed Lawrence Taylor at the Royal Rumble over the guardrails and you know it's like man you build this up, ESPN's watching, you know, all the news outlets are watching. And you're getting these eyes on you. That's the same thing in independent wrestling. You get people out there to get the eyes on you. You know, some companies want to bring in Goldberg, the Rock and Roll Express, Mick Foley. You got the money? Go ahead and do it. You know, other people are using local, you know, flair. You know, oh, you got somebody from one of the cities or one of the states, you know, you want to bring them out there? You want to promote your zip code? Hell yeah. Do it. You want to promote your state? Do it. I mean, it's like, it's what works for you. I love it. We're just jumping right back into that shoot thing. I love it, don't you? I mean, seriously. Well, it's like at
2: WrestleMania when, uh, Flowrider and them had their concert. And people okay. were like, why are they on the main show when Austin Aries is in the pre-show? Because Flowrider's is going to get the attention of the media. And personally, I love the concerts at WrestleMania. I When they're done right, Kid Rock at WrestleMania 25 made me swear off going to WrestleMania for three years because oh, wow. it was so bitter at how terrible that was. Oh, okay. But, uh, I don't even remember. Uh, I don't know if it, it was ended the- off of the network and everything. It, was, it lasted 15 minutes. Oh. Yeah. And it was just... Just grinded it to a halt. The show wasn't that good for the most part. Besides Shawn Michaels Shawn and Undertaker, Undertaker yeah. but like yes, I. during that, I was like, I don't think I'm going next year. It's in Arizona. It's so far, and I, and I went nine years straight yeah. up to that point, and I was just like, I think I'm done for a while because like of that concert. But like P Diddy at WrestleMania 29. that was pretty good. Was I remember that. One. Yeah. It was quick. Played his hits. Just a little brief intermission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't hurt anybody. It gets some mainstream media attention and. It's yeah. WrestleMania. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Some guys aren't on the main show. And then, like, what's the difference between the pre-show and the main show? It's on the same network. It's in the same building. Yep. It's not like a free-for-all back in the day that's, like, free before the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. It's all the same show.
0: Yeah, and it's yeah. all on the network now. So right. it's all right. the same
2: show. And I mean,
1: who doesn't want to see, like, a good musical intermission? You know what I'm saying? It's like when we watch the Super Bowl and you get the break. Like,
0: yep, who exactly. Who complain that, <laughs> right. you know, Michael Jackson's performing? Like, all right, like right, I'll watch this. Right. And they had uh, you know Motorhead come out a couple of times. Yeah, they played Triple H to the ring. But right. you know, and they had Living Color come out and play CM Punk to the ring in New York City. I mean, that was awesome.
2: Uh, I know we're going back to EWA a little bit, but when uh, the Rock and Wrestling ev- ev- Evolution Evolution rock and-, rock and Wrestling Rock and Rumble Rock and Rumble. I keep messing September
0: twenty third at Tall Cedars Hall in Princeville, yes, Maryland. Yes. But like Sorry. when
2: that idea came up, I was like, that's fantastic. You can have a band, plays a little bit, have a match, have two matches. I don't know what the format's going to be. I don't know either. But it's just something different, you know? It's a hook. It's a fun thing that you can come out and be like, oh, I could see a band and a wrestling show. Right. Right. I it's can same go price. To WrestleMania and see Flo Rider. I can see Ashanti sing the National Anthem. Mm-hmm. See people I would never pay to see at a concert, but at the same time, I'm somewhat fans of. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, cool, P. Diddy. I love P. Diddy.
1: It's see, right. it's great. Speaking of the na- National Anthem, man, because you know WWE is hell-bent on doing, was America?
2: I'm sorry, like, America the Beautiful. America yeah. the
1: Beautiful, right. Can they please go to the National <laughs> Anthem? Like, I do not like America the Beautiful. Like, I like the National Anthem. Right. Like, when you get good singers out there to sing oh, the National yeah. Anthem, like, Give man, results. it gets you good. Exactly. And you get to go, oh. Right. Yeah. Like,
0: so, most of the shows, they had Lillian Garcia singing. The national, actually national anthem, you know, at the beginning off camera, sometimes on camera, depending on what it was. But normally WrestleMania was the America, the beautiful. That's kind of the hook that they've had since uh, at least three. Right. You know, with, um, it was Aretha Franklin, Franklin, right? She came back and did it again at At, one of the WrestleManias. At the
2: one in Detroit again, which was 23?
0: 23. Yes. Yep. That was, uh, Cena and Michaels.
2: Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. So I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from, Big Ugly. Uh, but they they got the hook. But, I mean, they do have, and I don't know if Lillian's still with the company or not. I don't, know, I don't think so. Maybe you know, part-time or whatever the case may be. I think she is part-time. Yeah, she's yeah. part-time. But, uh, they, you know, she sings the national anthem sometimes. But they also sing America, you know, American beautiful. Uh, it's, it's patriotic. One way or the other, it still works. Yeah. What's oh, your beef a, with that song? It's just, yeah.
1: I, I just... I don't know, man. Yeah, it's everyone just a, else does. Why you got anthem, heat with yeah. America? <laughs> I know it's. I love the natural anthem like more than America the Beautiful. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's just. I guess. I guess it's. You become accustomed to hearing the natural anthem and like seeing all these different renditions of it. Right. That like like Chris was saying like you get goosebumps when it's sung a certain way and so it's like it's. It's just I don't know. It's always for me a great way to start a sporting event with the national
0: anthem. Right. Like it's
1: we did it as, uh, at EWA. Yeah, just That's did true. it. Right, but we
0: just did it and at EWA. Like, That's right, yeah. and that was pretty and I feel cool. Pumped. I feel yeah, pumped after that. Like yeah. Now, if you you, you want to hear a real rendition of the national anthem, you come out to Oriole Park at Camden Yards on September the 19th. It's a Tuesday night. Uh, your boy right here, Mikey D, uh, Mikey, whatever you call me, Dirty Mike, I'll be singing with the chorus of the Chesapeake and we're singing the national anthem at the, at the Orioles game on September 19th. So it's the, the championship world-renowned men's chorus and I'll be singing with them. I'll be singing the bass line. So we'll be singing the national anthem right there on the field. Nice. You, <laughs> when do you do chorus? <laughs> so this is new for me, man. Come on. This is a new venture that Mikey need The voice of Maryland is taking his voice out into, into Maryland. So this is new for me. We're talking about the national anthem, so i got to put it over, man. Got to. So great. September 19th at the, all the Baltimore Orioles. I don't care what place they're in. I don't care what it is. You know, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fun, and we're going to sing the national anthem. So how oh, about that's that? That's awesome. awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. that's the, uh, the Voice of Maryland. I do a lot of things. I do a podcast. We got karaoke. We got DJing. We got you know ring announcing, and now we got course. So <laughs> the Voice does some things. But not Windows. I don't do Windows. <laughs> don't <laughs> you know, I do Mac. No I'm kidding. <laughs> but anyway, um, this is a tangent. But moving on, let's throw something else out there. What what is some? What is a topic you want to throw out there? You know, what about great balls of fire? How about the name? First of all, does it does it catch on at all?
2: That I think that name was just Vince McMahon saying, I can get people hyped for a show. I'll call it whatever I want. <laughs> I'll pull in some good stuff. They won't care. And, yeah, the show is phenomenal.
0: I I, I, okay. Yeah, and that's what you heard too, Big Olin, because yeah. you didn't watch it yet. It's memorable. Like, I mean,
1: you know, if you think of all the other, like, like Battleground and, you know, Payback and stuff like that, it's like, that's what you expect, you know, a wrestling be So it's like. You won't
0: forget Great Balls of Fire Like you know what I mean For a wrestling event And you're right And that's why I brought that up In that way Because Since they announced that name How many people Have had conversations About WWE Calling their show Great Balls of Fire Oh oh, that sucks But guess what You're talking about And guess what a lot of people watched it on the yep. network for $9.99. You know what I'm saying? And it was a pretty damn good show. You could call. And that's Vince like, ha, <laughs> I could call whatever I want, pal. God damn it. Great balls of fire. <laughs> no. But it was a good show. And, you know, they put some big spots on there. They did a big backstage spot with the ambulance and everything. And, uh, you know, they had Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar, you know, fight to a better match than, you know, Brock was having with Goldberg. So i got to put it out there. Um, and not bad. Not bad at all. The Hardys are now getting broken more and more every right. day. Yeah, How that about was a that?
2: solid thirty minutes. It was a little slow to start, but all those matches usually are. It's an Iron
0: Man match. You yeah. got to have some downtime, right? Yeah, that was pretty good actually. The tag, first ever tag team Iron Man match. Yeah, so, and I didn't see it. Uh, you know, just spoiler alert: I didn't see Gray Ball Fire. I know everything that happened. You but, know everything yeah. that happened, but there's no spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it, it's it was good and it was entertaining. So anything stand out for you on that show, Vinny or Chris or whatever you want to call yourself? Yeah, call me whatever. I'll call uh, you, uh, yeah, Vin go ahead.
2: Chris. Uh, but uh, Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar, people are kind of like dogging Brock for just being lazy, but I feel like these quick 10-minute spurts are the best way to use them. Like the WrestleMania match with Goldberg I thought was fantastic.
0: It was eight minutes long. It was eight minutes long. But it was eight, eight minutes the of the greatest booked right, spots. Right, I
2: was... In comparison, Triple H and Seth Rollins, I felt, went about 10 minutes too long. Absolutely. (laughs) It was like, because I'm sitting there, and I was at the show, and I'm just sitting there like, okay, we get it. Let's just, you're trying to make an epic, but it's too much. (laughs) You're beating his knee for 15 minutes, and then he's doing flippy flops.
0: Right, and he's not selling it. Right, exactly. But like
2: Goldberg and Brock were just like two trains colliding. That's not going to last very long. Someone's going to die, and (laughs) Goldberg was the one to die. And same with Goldberg and Samojo. Samojo attacked him from the bell, got the upper hand, stayed on him. Yep. And Brock just got some suplexes with Samojo still on him. It's one of those matches where Joe lost, but it made him bigger than it was it when he walked really It really did. Because he hung with the beast. He got caught, but it wasn't like a domination. It was like, oh, he got caught. He thought he had the choke. Got called done, one, two, three.
0: That's what I was telling you, big ugly. Samoa Joe had the upper hand for most of the match, but Brock got a little bit of his stuff in, but he hit the F5 kind of, you know, almost out of nowhere, and, you know, that stunned him enough to get the pin, but Joe didn't sell that for too long. He got back up, and he was like, you know, all right, all right. All right you got me this time, but I ain't done. Yeah. So, so and and I think I think you
1: guys are right like short short matches for Brock are great I think because and I think fans are catching on it like you know Brock matches aren't going to last that long so it's like what are we going to see it's like you're excited to see what's going to happen in this short amount of time because mm-hmm. you know he's not going to go for some long
0: match so it's, there's no downtime you know right, right, right as a as a fan you're you just only you're just see you waiting to see what happens the only downtime that there may be and it's not even downtime it's when Brock hits a big move and he's basically overselling it to the point where I just hit you I don't have to hit you again yeah. I'm gonna take a few seconds to laugh about it or say yeah. suplex city bitch yeah. you know uh, and do that but uh, you're right now back in the day when Lesnar first came in in the early 2000s I could see him and he did work those longer matches yeah. 20 30 yeah, minutes right. even with The Undertaker but I mean that was more psychological now it's more like an MMA fight right. where it's a big fight now you don't want to see this fight go into a you know like a Matt rest hold for five minutes right you want to see like you said, two trains colliding, Chris, and that's what you see. You see the fans are catching up to that. So, what did they do for the past year with Brock? They booked him beautifully. Yeah. Still getting paid his contract. He's coming yeah. in and is doing his shit. Yeah. I, and I still think with Brock, uh, an important thing is who he's being booked
1: with. Exactly. As well. um, you know, I think they booked him well with Samoa Joe. You know, we seen Roman Reigns. That was good. Um, that what we had last
0: year. Uh well I mean it was Goldberg most. Goldberg, of the time, right, yeah, yeah Goldberg. So,
1: right, which I which I thought worked well. And it's like, you know, Dean Ambrose is like one that of lasted people. Oh. Six months, bro. Dean Ambrose. That was uh, so now, bad. Right, and that's what I'm saying. It's like Dean Ambrose is one of the people that pretty much accused Brock of being, you know, lazy. lazy right. You right. know, and it's like, but even still, like I don't know exactly what Dean had in mind, but it's like I look at Dean and I'm like Brock Lesnar will crush you. Like, there's nothing <laughs> right. you can do to Brock Lesnar. You know what well, I'm I saying? I think the two so,
2: biggest problems <clears throat> with that match, the Brock Lesnar Dean Ambrose match, one, they built it constantly on how many suplexes. They even had the number flashing for the fans to count. Right. And it just became like, okay, we count along with it. That's boring. Who cares? Right. And then the other part, they built it up completely over mm. this barbed wire baseball bat. So everyone's like, nothing's going to finish until this is introduced and then it really never was.
0: It was never. introduced, it was shown, it was but it was never, never used. used. Never used,
2: right. So it's like, you can't build uh, for this object and then never use that object because it'll just lead to disappointment. Yeah.
1: Which is what happened. I mean, you think you're about to get like a Mick Foley moment
2: here. Right. Yeah, and you're going to bust Lesnar open. and yeah,
0: Or Lesnar's going to bust
2: Ambrose. Yeah, right. Right. I, One assumed, other. I yeah. assumed Ambrose was going to take it yeah, because Ambrose is crazy. But yeah. nobody <laughs> did and you're just kind of left with like, okay, why is that there and why did we build this entire match over how many crazy gimmicks you're gonna
0: use. And that WrestleMania was more of the more about the building, more about packing more than a hundred thousand people, or at least you know uh, saying that you did. I think that it was close, if not over a hundred thousand. Yeah. I mean, they filled every seat that possibly could in that place, uh, and I was there, and you were there too. Yep. Um, that was just a phenomenal piece of business to be a part of. You know what I mean? And to be a part of that. Now, uh, even up until then, up at the Silverdome, ninety-three thousand one hundred seventy-three. Even if you were still a part of that, that's pretty fantastic as well they didn't have the big set you know they they just filled every seat and they had four big screens so uh, I I gotta tell you that they they do everybody does business their own way and everybody's got a spot for everybody else you know what I'm saying I mean there's there's a room god damn just room for everybody to play I'm sorry
2: that's right I want to mention the last episode you had you mentioned meeting Alston Aries in Dallas Yes. And he kind of brushed you off. He so did. I, I just, snubbed
0: him. I had a story <laughs> and now <about> he's fired. <laughs> you snubbed Mikey D. God damn. It. I have a
2: story from this year WrestleMania of someone that gave me the decks. Okay. So I'm wearing my New Day shirt, looking fly, of course. <laughs> and I'm up in the upper deck. And I realized there's a line for the bathroom, but I remember when I came in, there was porta potties down some steps. Right. So I took the steps, found a porta potty, and it's dark in there because it's like tucked away. No one was using them. Yeah, like sweet. So I go do my business, as I were. I come out and I just hear someone go like, "Hey, man, nice shirt." Put out his fist. I'm like, "Oh, cool, Boom. It's Kofi Kingston." Ah, nice! No idea where he came from. He's just standing there like, go. so that
0: was the talents <laughs> toilets.
2: No, no, no. He was that was, the backstage deal? No, he was literally just walking through with some security. I don't know why, but he was going through and he just saw my shirt. was like, No, sure, man.
0: That's I'm cool. Like, cool. I'm like, cool. Oh,
2: hey. Uh, cool. So cool, what's yeah. up? Because <laughs> like, I didn't register at first. I'm just, because my eyes are kind of adjusting because it's dark, and I'm like, Oh, hey. Oh, hey. <laughs>
0: See, that's a cool moment, you know, and that's what you do this for, you know, and and that's when you can go to any wrestling promotion, especially the indies, and you can see it up and close, you can hear it up and close, you know, you can, you know, get your autographs, get your pictures, get your, you know, get your phone, your selfies, everything like that, and that's what this is for, you want to be up close and personal to the action, and that just happened out of a whim, you know what I mean, um, and you can do that, whether it's you know any promotion that you go. That's what you want to do. You want to be a part of it. So right. that's awesome. You know, and you're a fan. Um, yeah, you like, know, and some people will frown. I'm going to put this out there. Some people will frown upon workers going to out to watch wrestling shows. If you're not a fan of professional wrestling, then why are you doing it? Right. You know what I'm saying? And if just because you're doing it, just because you're going in, you know, and you're working, why does that say that you can't? You know, go to another professional wrestling event and watch and be a fan. Why can't you be a fan anymore? Because you're in the business. If you lose your passion for it, then what are you doing there? I attribute this to Lex Luger. He, he's come out a lot of times and said when he was in the business originally in the late 80s or, or I guess it was the late 80s and early 90s, he wasn't a fan of the business. He was there for the money you know he was there to get himself over he was there to do other things he was there to look jacked and you know get money and he got paid he was really really good at what he did but he didn't have that passion for the business and it showed because he didn't last yeah I was gonna say in the show yeah too much longer and you know when he went to the WWE when he went to the big stage he wasn't utilized properly you know he was you know and he didn't have the passion and any he had lost passion for the money in the side of the business he was like all right I'm done so Then he went back to WCW for a small run before WCW went out, and I thought that was actually a decent run for Luger. He was kind of on the mid-card, but sort of up, you know, in the upper echelon because he was Lex Luger. But, you know, he got to play a heel. He got to play a face. He got to do different things, and he started to enjoy the business a little bit more. Then he had an unfortunate accident, um, which has been well-documented online and everything like that. But now he looks back, and he's like, I love my life. You don't want to love you're just the life that you're in the middle of the ropes. We were watching any given Sunday. It's so like you don't want to be just proud of the time you spent in pads and cleats. You want right. to be proud of all of it, oh, right? You know, and you know Willie Beeman. He was a he was an asshole in that movie. Yeah. You know, he was big ego. He oh, he got to you know be uh, and this is just a movie, but it's a good movie. He got to be a quarterback. Oh, he's the big quarterback now. Oh, he's bigger than the veterans. He's bigger than the coach. He's bigger than the team. And he broke out, brought down to reality. So, you know, I'm running on a rant here, but I'm just trying to prove a point. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You any, feel me?
2: Any independent wrestler that judges someone to go to WWE as a fan, as long, as just be respectful, just in general. The only, not just because you're an indie wrestler, just because you should be a decent person and yeah. like, scream like Markish stuff, like learn to sell stuff like <laughs> that. I hate that. Oh god. But uh, you know, like stuff like that. Go as a fan. you if you. Grew up as a fan. Why would that stop because you're involved? Mm-hmm. Right. Now I, I wouldn't suggest that. going to like an MCW show, sing front row, and being like, "You suck." <laughs> Cause that's not going to help anybody. <laughs> yeah, but but you know what? Go to WWE, have a good time, cheer the faces, boo the heels, or whoever you like. Really, it doesn't matter yeah. nowadays. Support indie wrestling, right, but right. support all. And wrestling. I mean, I would support imagine all wrestling. I would that's imagine amazing. this
1: in like most professions. I mean, it's like if you're if you're in indie wrestling, you look at WWE as like you know the top of the mountain. Like these are the big the big guys. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Not everybody makes it here. It's like as a fan, and as a person that wants to learn, it's like you know I would want to do that. It's just like you know. You know, I do filmmaking so it's like as a filmmaker of course you still go see those big budget movies because you know obviously you're going to be entertained but it's also you're learning right. how yeah. the pros do it you know yeah, i and why is movie making, making million, $200 million dollars. exactly you know what can yeah. I do to now make that director's salary you know yeah, so.
2: I don't think people <laughs> playing arena football get heat if like, oh, you went to a Ravens game? What are you, a Mark? Right. <laughs> like, it doesn't happen. Wrestling seems to be the only thing where it's like, oh, you can't be a fan of that. You're in. It's, it. it's, you're making twenty five bucks a show. What are you doing? You can't go to wrestling shows.
0: It's all about ego, man. You know, it, it's it shouldn't be about anything except you know your passion for what you're doing. You know, and if you can make a connection with somebody sitting out in the crowd, whether you're a heel, whether you're a face, you know what what you know whether you're a ring announcer or a referee, whatever you're trying to do, as long as you're doing your job well and you're making a contribution to what's happening, um, and you're enjoying yourself. That's and, and you've been watching it as you grow up, and a lot of the people, I'd say 95 percent of the people that are independent professional wrestlers probably watched wrestling as they were growing up. I don't see somebody you know dying you know to get into business to make money, and that's right. the only reason. Not,
2: 2017.
0: This not this business 17 not this business i mean even if you get to the wwe and you make you know day day as far as i understand they have wellness policy but no health insurance right you know and they pay for some of the travel depending on who you are trying to get to tv but other than that you're renting your own cars you're, you're renting your own rooms you're eating your own food uh it's it's a grind man
2: it's actually funny i had a cousin facebook message me because he saw some pictures that I was doing the wrestling thing he's like i want to train can i make a living off of this and i was like Don't even train. (laughs) If that's the first question you were asking me, do not train, walk away. That should be the last question you ask. (laughs) Don't even ask that question. (laughs) Be like, I want to perform. And he's like, well, if I'm not going to make money, I don't want to do it. It's like, Just just, we're done talking. Yeah. Because if it's not for the love of the game, you're not going to be anything or go anywhere. I don't care who you are.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Not today. Maybe if you were like a football player that... WWE picked up a random yeah. guy that's messaging me on Facebook? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen.
0: Can I make a living? Oh, well, you know, not everybody can be John Cena. And even John Cena wasn't John Cena. Right. You know, so he, it, it, it had to happen in a different way. He did have some ruthless aggression. He it did. That's what they said. But he came up too. I mean, he came up through OVW and he came yeah. up through the smaller promotions. I don't think he ever worked the Indies per se, no. but he worked the smaller, you know, territorial independent promotions that were, you know WWE based right. so he worked in front of 100 people you know what I'm saying and just to
1: think that Vince hated him thought he was like a roided out guy <laughs> right?
2: and now
0: he's making them all the money <laughs> gotta to listen to that podcast on Bruce Pritchard. oh you know? uh, I'm a big fan uh, you know something to wrestle and uh, I, I'm a big fan that they came here and uh, you know we got to see them live and got to you know kind of hear their stories especially a lot of about Baltimore um, so that was pretty neat um, man can we talk about the guy I think is the next champ on Raw. The next champ on Raw. The Miz. Okay, let's talk about The Miz. And I, I actually got some talk about The Miz. Go ahead. What do you ahead. want to say about The Miz? No, you first. I just said it. He's <laughs> going to be the next champ. Okay, the the heavyweight champ. Yes. The, the universal champ. Yes. So he's going to be. Beat- man,
1: I'm liking Miz right now. I, I've been liking Miz. I like that they put Bo Dallas. And uh, Curtis. Curtis Axel. Axel. Yeah. With, uh, the I think, yeah. The Miztourage. Yeah, the Miztourage. I think it
2: works out great, man. Like, it's a great statement. The Miz is the guy. You pair him with someone, and he will convince you that that person is World Heavyweight Championship material. Alex Riley, Damian Sandow, you're like, this guy's got it. This guy puts no, it's the Miz. Right. Because as soon as they break away, you're like, oh, no, that was wrong. I'm <laughs> sorry, Damian Sandow. No offense to him, but he's not that good. He's decent mid-card guy. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with a decent mid-card guy. You need those guys.
0: Yeah. But, it's a show. It's got to tell a story. Yeah. I see you.
2: But The Miz is that good. And just how with when Maurice came back just elevated him to that next level. Yes, yes. Amen,
0: Yes, he was kind of treading water there for a while, but then at the night after WrestleMania when Maurice came back, that gave him this this edge to to perform even better, and it gave him reason to get more heat, and it gave uh, you know him reasons to start doing things that heels do, which is cheating to win and having somebody cheat for you to win. He's bringing back this old school heel mentality that is just fantastic and he's great on the mic and this is a kid that came up being a fan being a mark and went on the real world and had a toy belt and called himself The Miz and he developed an entire career out of that can everybody do that no not everybody but he went through the ranks he went through Tough Enough he went through Tough Enough a couple times as a matter of fact and he went through and know, they some smaller hated him a lot oh. He got more heat because he was a kid. Oh, he was on the real world. Oh, he's up one here. Oh, he's the world champion and he's main eventing and winning WrestleMania. Oh, right. You know, of course, that main event with uh, John Cena and The Miz was just a vehicle for the John Cena and Rock storyline to begin. But he still main evented WrestleMania and he still won and he still. Talks about that today. And CM Punk has still not forgotten it. No. He took that shit personally. Here's
2: what I always say about CM Punk and his bitterness. Super bitter, man. Here's the thing like, any job you work at, you may be the best worker of that job. But if you're like rude to the boss, if you're just constantly like a moody person, and then you got a guy like The Miz that's really good, maybe not as good as the best guy, but he's really good. And he's like, "I'll do that for you." Yes, you want me to do this media? I'll do that media. This media, I'll. My life revolves around this. I want this. Give me this. Give me that promotion. I want this promotion. I will give you everything I have. Well, CM Punk's like, "I deserve this promotion because I'm the best." That guy's going to get the job.
0: Absolutely. And I, I really, I couldn't have put it better. So, no, you're yeah. absolutely right. And I, I like CM Punk's work, and I'm a fan. And I got the DVDs, and you know, I, I enjoyed you know the, the shoot interview that he did, or the shoot promo, the pipe bomb. But you're absolutely right. There's longevity there. CM Punk lasted, what, six, seven years in WWE? And uh, Miz is going on 12 now, I think. He um, And he's got more you know, longevity now than he ever did. He's been injured very minimally because he knows how to work smart, and he knows how to put the people over that he's working against because even though I don't think the match at WrestleMania was that great with him and Maurice versus John Cena and Nikki Bella, because that was all a vehicle to get Cena over and have the proposal. Right. The match wasn't great, but the thing was the build-up. The build-up, build man. My <laughs> God, I thought that they were gonna kill each other because Miz made it real, and Miz did that with Dolph Ziggler. Miz has done that with Daniel Bryan. Miz has made you feel like, oh, this is this this is gonna work. Like this is real. He made you feel like they, they, he he makes you feel like they're
1: bringing real life tension into he's that believable
2: I feel like as I get older I look at wrestling for more than just like the five star matches the Mm -hmm. classic matches I want to feel give me that feeling that I had as a kid that was like when Randy Savage lifted up Miss Elizabeth and they reunited and Mm -hmm. I'm like fighting back tears watching the Coliseum (laughs) like that like WrestleMania 30, when Daniel Bryan won and everyone's hugging and confetti's coming down, that's the feeling. And Miz can, he may not have your five-star match, but he'll make And you he can feel, do that, too, though. He oh yeah, can have your can five-star work, match. Yeah. He can work.
0: He can work like, his ass off. He'll
2: make you feel like, oh, I hate that guy. Or like, like John Cena finally overcame him and then proposed and like, like, personally, I don't really care, but at the same time, I'm like, why am I got water in my eyes? This is weird. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know? I wanted to see Nikki turn heel. I wanted to see her, like, didn't diss She's the proposal. Like,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> That would have been awesome. But anyway, that's just me, fantasy book. Um, Let me, I'm going to capitalize on something you just said, the feeling. When you go and you get that feeling, whether it's somebody that you believe should be put over for a belt or whether you believe, whatever it is, it gives you, it gets you feeling something. You know, if it doesn't get you feeling anything, if it doesn't get you emotional, hot, cold, whatever, then there ain't no reason for it. So, you know, I'm going to attest this back to a couple of things. So when WrestleMania 30, let's go back to that. When Undertaker lost after the third F5 from Brock Lesnar, no, first of all, this match was kind of dragging along. Yeah. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like you've seen the same thing, you know, over and over again, but there's a reason it was dragging along because the big spot was at the end. Nobody expected that three count to happen. And when that happened, there was an- I, I'm getting goosebumps. You right feel now. it though, and when I'm talking about it, like when that happened, it took you a couple of seconds to figure out what just happened. Cause everybody's looking at each other, like what just happened? What just happened? And about after maybe 30 seconds, they put it up on the screen 21 yeah. and 1. <laughs> That's the big first rush. Then, about 15, 20 seconds later, Justin Roberts, the winner of this match, Brock Lesnar. It's like, even Lesnar's selling the shit yeah, out of and it, can't just sitting, believe it, yeah, looking, like, like, like laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? And then Heyman's like, oh my God! And then everybody in the ha- crowd's got hands over their heads yeah. and like this draw drop face and, and the, uh, you know, the, the, the Undertaker guy, I guess that's what he's called yeah, now, yeah, the, yeah. the black guy with the glasses in the front. Oh, my God. Like, and that feeling didn't leave. Right. You had to have the Divas 12 Diva <laughs> match to bring it down. Yeah. And God bless all them For having to follow that But you know And it brought it back up At the end When Daniel Bryan won If you didn't bring That crowd back up You wouldn't have 75,000 <laughs> people Riding in New Orleans
2: I was there for that I don't know if you know that I was there too How were you? I yeah, was. But, I like, was there it's hard to describe how silent that building became. Like, oh, like huh, gosh. Like sure. It was like a funeral, and you're just like, I looked at my friend that I went with, the good doctor, actually. I looked at him, and I was just like, is this real? Did they mess up? What's happening? Why is, right. why is there no bell? Why is there no announcement? What is happening in this world? I don't yeah. understand. How do going go so, restart the match? He's <laughs> not supposed to lose? What? Yeah. And then, like, Daniel Bryan won, and then afterwards, we went to Bourbon Street. Yeah. And just people going insane. The yes chance all over the place. Half the people in the Bourbon Street are like, what is happening here? <laughs> and the other half are just so happy because Daniel Bryan won the big one at WrestleMania.
0: And you got to feel that that was... Coming, I mean, you know, and it it was a a road for Daniel Bryan that he might not have gotten if CM Punk didn't take a different road because, I mean, he was still in the main event storyline. I don't think he would have main evented WrestleMania, but they wouldn't have gone the way they did it. Everything happens for a reason. And Daniel Bryan got put over at the right time. Right. And it was great. You know, how, how much better can you get if you beat Triple H in the beginning of the night and you beat Randy Orton and Batista at the end of the night? How much better can you get than that? Right. Uh, I don't know. And you,
2: you kind of knew the outcome, but at the same time, when that actually happens, right. it's just like, whoa. Like I, WrestleMania 20 with Chris Benoit winning, it's terrible now, and I hate the memory, but I was there for that too. Uh, just like the emotion, like Guerrero comes out, they hug, and you're just like, this is really happening. You kind of knew he had to win based on... The storyline, but yeah, yeah. at the same time you're like, no, Triple H buries people, blah, blah, blah. He beat Booker T last year clean, he's gonna do it again. And then Benoit wins, everyone's confetti comes down again, and mm-hmm. you're just feeling that like, man, I watched this guy from way back when to now. Yeah. I saw the progression. It's like with EWA and Indies. You see the progression. You see the guys start first match to like winning the EWA title.
1: Mm-hmm. Now it's, you said you you said you hate the memory. Why, why do you hate the memory? Ah, it's
2: just what Benoit did. Yeah. I can't get past that. Yeah. And I know people can watch Benoit matches now, but I can't because if he's a face, I'm like, I can't root for this guy. And if he's right. a heel, he's like, oh, he's being mean.
1: Yeah. You
2: know, I just, just something I can't get past. If other people can separate the character from the person, God bless him, I just can't. Especially since he wrestles as his name. Mm-hmm. Right. Like maybe if he was like, in like some Japanese stuff, he wrestles under a mask I've seen and it doesn't affect me as much. Yeah. Just because I'm not seeing Chris Benoit, I'm seeing Wild Pegasus. Right. But just seeing Chris Benoit, if he's a face and like, oh, you're smiling and I can't cheer you, I want the other guy to beat you up because you're I'm mean. Yeah. And then if he's a heel, it's like, oh, you're so gross. Girl. Just, yeah. I
0: can't get past. No, that. I get that. Yeah. Big ugly you, and I, I got something to touch on that. But, but I want to say, did, did, does pro wrestling ever give you that feeling, like that that shock feeling or that excited feeling, that emotion? Does that draw it out of you? Because I mean, when we talk, we've talked for hours on end, even offline, about pro wrestling. So what what gives you that uh, that charge? Yeah. No, I definitely had that for Undertaker. That was like Undertaker a, losing.
1: Undertaker losing, like first time I felt that in a long time. Like yeah, for sure. Um, Daniel Bryan winning. I was I, I was never really a huge Daniel Bryan guy, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I felt I knew the crowd wanted him, so it's like it, that that kind of did nothing for me. Um, but you know what else did it for me? And it's weird Evolution coming back together. Okay. Yeah. And when I went to and when I went to the DC, um, I went to a DC Raw show. And okay. It was that first show that Batista came back, and I you know the Batista's from DC, yeah, right? Right. So like when he came back and. Um, Man, that drink got live in there, mm-hmm. like so that that made me feel like that
0: made me feel something. Like you heard that music playing, that was hot. And see, that that's what pro wrestling can do for you. <clears throat> it, it it emits emotion from you, so that that's fantastic. Now the Benoit thing, I'm kind of when I heard that that happened, it's I didn't want to believe it. Or of course, my pro wrestling mind, I'm like, what gimmick is this, and who wrote this? <laughs> Who who wrote who book this crap, but then you know it's on the real news and it's like same thing with Owen Hart dying that um, admitted.
2: I got Owen Hart dying story. I have to tell you, but.
0: Uh, yeah, I want to hear that. But you know, you know about this Owen Hart story. You know about what happened. To Owen go, Hart. Yeah. Yeah. So he was about. trying to come down as the Blue Blazer yeah. and and the cable snapped and whatever and he fell down and he hit the turnbuckle and he died. Yeah. Yeah. So that was legit. That was on pay per view. I mean, they didn't show that happening, but you they showed odd angles of the crowd and they kept saying that there's been an accident or whatever and then they came back two matches later and said Owen Hart was dead and before the pay-per-view was over it was all over every news, news outlet so I mean you know what I'm saying it's it emits you know an emotion out of you that it's like wow you know you put so much time into watching this and building up these characters and building up these people. And Owen Hart, at that point in time, was not a man of enter. He was a mid-carder. Mm-hmm. Um, but if anything, you were like, man, this, this guy, you know, is so young and he never got to hit his full potential and all this other stuff. Um, but man, see, it emits emotion out of you. There's good emotion, there's bad emotion. And I think that's where all this heat comes from. And, and I'm not to trying to back up to the first part of this podcast. But I mean, if it doesn't emit emotion out of you, then... You know, there's something wrong. So whatever's happening, it's emitting emotion out of people.
1: I Do you you find it harder to get that emotional feeling knowing that the business isn't working? Especially for you guys who actually participate in the business. Do you find it harder to get that feeling?
2: It's fewer and far between than yeah. it used to be as a kid. Like, as a kid, anything would. Be. Right, yeah. Like, earthquake squashing, squashing Hulk Hogan. You're like, no, why would he do that? <laughs> yeah, like, right, a postcard that Did me, you send I one send in? I sent a postcard, yeah. Like a get well soon postcard. Did you get a
0: response? I didn't. I heard people did. I did (sighs) because I sent in a postcard and I got this little postcard back that said thank you for your well. It was a you know it was um, corporate cards or whatever, and it had uh, you know corporate signature on it. But I I was a kid, you know what I'm saying? So I wonder if my mom ever mailed it. To be honest, I don't know, man. (laughs) It's like Santa Claus. Santa Claus is real, damn it. But. To 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 answer your question, maybe it's not just because we're in the other side of the business. Maybe maybe not, but maybe it's because we're just getting older. Right. You know, and when you're a kid, like you said, it's easier to believe in things like that, Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy, whatever. Um, you know, and we're not saying for anybody who's listening to this that those people are real. <laughs> All right, Easter Bunny too. He's real. He got beat up in the Mall Rats movie, so he's real. <laughs> but he came back. Um, but anyway, I think it's just more of a. You know what is going to do it? It's not going to be the that kind of thing where you know it's a work. It's going to be that that stuff that emits the reality out of you. Like, right. the, like, did that just happen? Why did that just happen? Not necessarily because we're on the other side of the business, but because, dude, like that's that's messed up. Like that's legit.
2: Like Daniel Bryan winning, it wasn't so much like Daniel Bryan the character won the title. It was Bryan Danielson the guy. I watched. I was a huge Ring of Honor mark in two thousand three. To like 2007, like traveling eight hours in directions to watch it. So like seeing that guy, I've seen Russell in a hundred people crowds in Glen Burnie, moving up, moving up, and then main eventing the biggest WrestleMania, knowing what he's been through, right. the injuries, the craziness that he's had to endure to get to that moment that probably emoted the emotion more so than daniel bryan the character winning a world title right yeah no and i
1: and i definitely see and i think that that's why most people were behind him because they like followed his journey and so for me you know i i got back into wrestling i stopped watching wrestling and then i got back into it around 2012 so i think brian daniel bryan was already like in WWE so I didn't really know about his journey you know right, what I mean right. and and to me Daniel Bryan the character just besides a little yes chant like he's just not that captivating of a character to me right and like, like for me I've all you know me growing up you know in the era of your stone colds and your rocks and the attitude era yeah. it's like for me like the entertainment value of the character counts more than the in ring work and I guess it's just because like when you look back then like you know, I don't know. The Rock wasn't putting on the kind of matches that like a Daniel Bryan would put on. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. He was just a very entertaining character. So it's like, I'm still like kind of in that mentality. And okay. so it's like, for me, Daniel Bryan didn't deliver that. Now, these days, since I've been watching Russell Moore for, you know, a little longer, now the matches are starting to matter, you know, mm-hmm. more to me. Because I feel like we're in the era where it's all about the in ring work more so than the
0: characters in the entertainment. Right, but you need the characters in the entertainment too because it's, <laughs> it's got to be a nice balance of it because if you don't, the ones, you know half of it's going to captivate you but the other half's not. It's very rare that you get a, ca- a character or a professional wrestler that has a gimmick and the in-ring work to back it up completely because as we've talked about bray wyatt for so many times he's got a fantastic gimmick but if you don't do what you can do with the gimmick and and he's very decent in ring he's not in the best like you know physical shape but he can go 30 minutes 45 minutes and whatever but if you can't put that together it ain't gonna work so you got a great in-ring worker with a great character but it it doesn't it's not meshing you know what i'm saying
2: with bray wyatt i just feel he's a gimmick that He would, man, 20 years ago, he would be a millionaire going from territory to territory with this gimmick. Yeah. But I feel like we've seen all this gimmick has to offer, and it's just kind of, it's been four years. Yeah. It's not that he should move on, but... It's just we've seen it all. What else can he do?
0: He should it, it should develop again. He should bring the people back in, you know, to put people in his stable and it re- more vitalized him. He should do the same thing. Yeah. People should be following Bray. You know what I mean? Um, or you got to like uh, do something with this character
1: to like I don't know, make him darker. You know what I mean? Make him start doing like some sinister stuff to right. people. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. like he's not you know. He he doesn't even talk as much as he used to. You know what I'm saying? Just but when he does, change. he kind of rambles on about in, in, in yeah, consequential yes. crap. Yeah. You know? No, <laughs> but what I'm saying is that like make his character so that he doesn't talk as right. much. Like that's the issue. I like, feel you. I feel he's you. talking right. too much. Like and and it's like he doesn't back it up in the end. And right. it's like you know start giving him some wins. You know have him talk less. Like start doing some really dark stuff. You know besides just laughing and coming out with his little lantern, which we've seen for four
0: years. Right. Yeah. It's got to get more serious. I agree with you. Now, before we, uh, you know, segue into the close of the show, I want to hear the Owen Hart story.
2: Oh, yes. Wow. So 1999, I don't know if you remember, you could listen to the pay-per-views with the scramble vision. Right, I right. called it. I don't know what you called it. Okay. So I was working at McDonald's, came home from work. It was nine o'clock or whatever. And turn on the scramble vision. because okay. That's what you do. You, yeah. There's no internet to look up results. You're like. Right. So like one of the first things I hear is Jim Ross saying, Owen Hart has died. And I'm on the phone with my friend and like, so what's happened? It's like, oh, Owen Hart's doing some gimmick with The Undertaker. I don't know. <laughs> like, God like, I I don't le- mean a laugh, but legitimately had no idea whatsoever. It wasn't a joke, it was like yeah. they say he died, I guess he's doing a gimmick with the ministry, I don't know. And like about an hour later, my mom comes in my room it's she's like, Oh, they said Owen Hart died on the news. I'm like, Wait, what? Like Completely blew my mind, because yeah. they never followed up after they announced he died. Right. So I for a solid hour, I was like, he's joining the ministry. They sacrificed him like they sacrificed Midian or right. whatever. I had no idea whatsoever.
0: So that, And like, they were doing <laughs> those kind of gimmicks where people were dying, like blowing yeah. up Vince in his limousine. And like, I mean, that's later on. But right. things like that, they were doing Well, they had just where,
2: sacrificed Midian not that long, or... Like Phineas Godwin became Midian because they put him on the thing and sacrificed. you know what him, else right? they did.
0: They hung the big boss man from <laughs> the top <laughs> so of, the head head of the in a cell. To say that. Right? Yeah. So they killed him yeah, apparently, right. and it's like I mean that was a terrible match, but <laughs> they hung him. Like what the seriously? <laughs> right. So I, I, that's what again my first thought that that whole gimmick was it right. was a gimmick. And like but I couldn't real.
2: see it. I couldn't see their faces. I just heard yeah. them announce it, and yeah. I didn't hear the previous part where they were fit. Fa- so they were talking about that was a terrible accident. So I legitimately was like, oh, he joined the ministry, talking to my friend. I had to call my friend back and like, I know it's late, but apparently he died, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now, and, and we were talking about this big ugly right beforehand. It's the ultimate warrior. So, yep. you know, I grew up watching him. I was a big fan and he disappeared and had all the controversy and, you know, and then he came back into the fold maybe one year before he went into the Hall of Fame and then he was starting to do public appearances again Um, you know he only wrestled one match and it was against Orlando Jordan in Spain or something (laughs) like that and if you watch the YouTube of that thing it's terrible but you know he's getting all the flowers in the beginning and he's coming out to the music and it's like it emotes something out of you but I, I actually, and, and I did, you know, I did pay for the autograph and the picture with the Ultimate Warrior because that was my favorite growing up. It was the only reason I did it. And I got it. And I'm telling you, Big Ugly, he was the coolest guy. You know? and Where was this at? This was uh, in, I want to say it was Miami. No, no, no. New York.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, so Russell it was Russell Conn. Con- yeah. Con-
0: yeah. 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 So it was a year before he went into the Hall of Fame. And because he just started doing public appearances again before he, you know, got back into WWE. And... The line, it was hours and hours. But he was the reason it was is because he was actually taking a few minutes to talk to you, shake your hand, make sure you got the right picture you wanted, make sure you got the right autograph you wanted. And that was great, man. I mean, that right there. And then when I got to go to the Hall of Fame where he got inducted, the WrestleMania where he got to come out on the stage, the Monday Night Raw where he came out and cut that promo. And then as I'm going home the next day, I find out he died. Like, I thought... It was, again, my wrestling mind went, I thought it was a work. But, like, no, there's no way why they would do that. Right, right? yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, but then I thought, like, he finally made peace with everybody in the business, made peace with himself. Because he went down that wrong road for a long time. And that's what I'm hoping that other people, you know, in this business can see. Like, don't go down the wrong road. Go down the right road. Just do the right thing for the right reason. But that's what I love about this business. That's why I can talk about it now. Uh, Man, I love it. it Love it.
2: Yeah. told that's so surreal that like he finally came back made peace and then just dropped the him. next
1: day next man. day it was crazy like someone
2: I think I was back home by that point because I didn't go to Raw and someone told me I'm like no he was just what no right. that doesn't make sense yeah and I was like match if this happened a week before before he got to do all this and now his wife is like in WWE forever it seems like she's yeah. doing charity yeah. stuff yeah she yeah. got the warrior award yeah right the right. My wife and WWE. the daughters are like yeah. all
0: there all the time yeah. And that's great, you know. And that's that's what, uh, you know. And that's why it was very important last year when we brought back that EWA Hall of Legends. You know, people that may not be affiliated with EWA or you know even be affiliated with the business anymore, but you know you want to recognize them for coming in and doing what they did. And it, it's it's cool that any business can do that. But I'm, I'm telling you,
2: definitely a big fan of the Hall of Legends. I know maybe the crowd doesn't necessarily care, but it's just a good way to be like, hey. Recognize someone's long contributions and longtime fans do care. I didn't mean that, but no, no, I understand. Like, what there's you a mean. lot of newer people that are like, I don't know who these guys are.
0: Well, That's the same it's, with the Hall of Fame. You know, you don't got you your your attention span with your audience watching the Hall of Fame, and you got one person that you might know, and everybody else is like, well, unless you watched it way back when, you don't know the stories. And you might not find it very riveting. Yeah. I find it extremely riveting. Definitely. I
1: mean, you know, just me. I'm I'm 29 years old, so there's a lot of people in the Hall of Fame and that go in <laughs> that go in. That it's like I'm not familiar. Like when the Freebirds got you know yeah. accepted in, I was like, well, fast forward. You know, like <laughs> you know, there's just certain people. So oh, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like yeah, I remember with Carlos Cologne. it is it Carlos Cologne? It's Carlos, Carlos Colon. Cologne. Yeah. Yeah but even
2: Carlito being like A cologne in between The middle. So, events yeah, so that, that part
1: made me laugh So hard
2: man. <laughs> But no I yeah. do find like I grew up WWF I was yeah. I, Even though I was, grew up In Baltimore Where NWA Had a huge stronghold and it's just like when I see NWA guys like the Freebirds, yeah. even though they're more world class, I just don't have that emotional connection. Even if I watch the footage now, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, it's good, I get it, but it doesn't have like old WWF. I'm like, yes, give me Paul Roma and Jim Powers.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what? I know we're rambling on here, but Jake snake Roberts, when he had his Hall of Fame induction, kind of just not just even knowing his personal and professional journey. Just because I grew up watching him, I was like, man, this is going to emit something out of me. And then when they talked about him getting himself straight, getting himself clean, getting himself better, you know, fighting suicide, all this kind of stuff, I'm like, yeah. man, that was – I could go back and watch that speech every time, and it will make me get chills. Even when Hulk Hogan got inducted into the Hall of Fame and he had that eight or nine-minute ovation that didn't stop. Granted, he fed into it a little <laughs> bit. I was there. Oh, you were there? I was there. You were at the Hogan Hall of Fame. I was
2: Hogan Hall of Fame. Yes. Are you sir. serious? Yeah. How about that? It was uh, in L.A. a uh, Small building too. I can't remember. It was yeah. right off the city walk. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, well, it looked I like a like yeah, little ballroom before they, they, they stopped
1: was. doing it in those big arenas. Before they started doing it in arenas, I, the arena I, I
2: wish they would go back to the small buildings. I wish they would too. It was like it was harder to get tickets, but at the same time, it was just so much like less douchey wrestling fans chanting. Like during the Jake the Snake thing, people were trying to chant stuff like. Yeah. I forget what it was but he was saying something terrible and they were like yeah I'm like no you misread what he said because I think he's like you'll sacrifice your family for wrestling and we have people like yeah I'm like no opposite reaction right,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're not smart stop and they talked about that too at the beginning of I think the last Hall of Fame, not last year, but I went the year before that, and they said it at the beginning, like you know, this is not the night for hooping and hollering and, and catcalling right. or whatever. And that was the first year that they did that because I think the year before that, whoever it was who was main event in the the pay, uh, the, um, the uh, actually all of them got catcalls like in the middle of it, and you know, in the Hall of Fame, it's like no, we want to well, keep the beginning. This up. They had a
2: dress code. I don't know how strongly they enforced it, but on the tickets, it was like. Uh, business casual, please. When was this? Uh, WrestleMania 21 Hall of Fame. Really? On the ticket. They are like business casual. I don't know. They probably didn't enforce it, but it said it on the ticket. Like,
0: no, I, I mean, I looked at people in that crowd. I mean, it didn't necessarily seem there were people wearing, some of them wearing wrestling t-shirts and things yeah. like that. Not a lot like of them. Like
2: said, they probably didn't enforce it, but the ticket definitely said, because we, uh think we just did polos and or bun-ups or something. That's no, like I went yeah, I went fancy. to the Hall
0: of Fame induction in 1994. It was like the second or third year, and I think I told this I'm story on the I'm still bitter about my
2: pants not taking me to that. I went to the King of the Ring,
0: but yeah, that's for exactly what reason, it was. the
2: Hall of Fame was not on the agenda, and I didn't even know it happened until years later, and I'm like, come on, Mom, Dad, That was
0: a hotel now? ballroom, that and that, <laughs> yeah. that was black tie. I mean, that was I wore a suit. I, told, I think I told that story on the podcast, or at least Did I told you? you. Remember, it was the Vince McMahon story. Uh, oh yeah, yeah the yeah. one where he—the uh, one where he was getting in his, yeah, limo, getting his limo and he limo, actually yeah. stopped and he was like, you know, hey, how are you doing? Because <laughs> I, I was like Vince McMahon. I'm like, I'm not gonna stand right in front of Vince McMahon and almost like knock him off the curb and not shake his hand. he yeah, got to shake his hand. And I pull, put out my hand and he shook it and he was, and, and, and you might not have heard this, Chris, but, uh, you know, and he just said, you coming to the event tonight? And I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. It's like, i see you then or it's tomorrow, whenever it was. And it was like, I'll see you there. And he got in his limo and he shook my hand and he shook my hand hard because he's Vince McMahon, man. Right. So I'm like, holy crap, <laughs> Vince McMahon. And, you know, and that was 1994 and I was, you know, just getting like 16 years old and I'm like, Holy crap. Who headlined that uh, Hall of Fame? Ah, uh, that is a good question. Let's see,
2: 93, probably Freddie Blassie was in there. Uh, I don't know who headlined. Superfly, I think, went in that year.
0: Might have been, yeah. I'm going to have to Google that one on a Google machine. Because it was the
2: first year they did it, because 93 was just Andre. And that's okay. when they started Yeah, he was okay. the Hall of Fame right. in
0: 93. So 94 was the second year. So it might have been Jesse Ventura, Freddie Blassie, people now, like that. Ventura
2: was 2004.
0: He didn't go in. Oh, you're right. No, I'm in sorry. New York, yeah. The yeah. earlier people, Freddie Blassie, yeah. Arnold Schullin, I Schullin, think. Scully, yeah. Because yeah. they did it
2: from '93 to '96, took a bunch of years off and brought it back in 2004.
0: Okay. Right. All right. Yeah, there weren't as many inductees, and it definitely wasn't as mainstream. It yeah,
2: was. Now it's a like people complain like, oh, this guy's going in. It's like it's a gimmick to sell tickets now it's not an actual hall of fame Oh, the bushwhackers are in it who cares (laughs) no one cares just stop they deserve it they were a character they played their part
1: i remember i I complained about that all year (laughs) last year (laughs) about other people that could have went in oh right well
2: the thing is they have to sell tickets next year and the year after so it's like not everyone can go in even if they deserve it
0: yeah, yeah that's true I don't know, that Hall of Fame class with Razor Ramon and Jake the Snake Roberts. That, that was a strong class. That, that was a strong class. Was that the Ultimate Warrior that class? That was the Ultimate yeah. Warrior. I, class. I can't I can't separate the two. I, I I don't know why because the Warrior was just that was just so special to me. Oh, I really yeah. don't remember. Wait, but what's if, that the
1: same? I thought That's the
0: same Jake class. the Snake
1: and, and Warrior went
0: in? And like Razor Ramon. And okay. Ramon yeah. All on the same ticket. That was a Mr. T year, wasn't it? Yes. Ah, uh, uh, Yes, my mama and my mama, and I want to thank
2: what's funny. I almost didn't go to that Hall of Fame because I went to WrestleMania 25 Hall of Fame and it was terrible because mm. 24 they over they mistimed everything, so they had yeah,
0: that was the one I went to with Ric Flair, which oh, I was, was really happy, but it was 90 minutes long yes. in the main main speech, yes, and, and we, we weren't in there until midnight, bro,
2: right? It All was crap. Like, and they had to wrap them up. Yeah. So the following year, WrestleMania 25, I had decent seats because they moved us down. And they had timers up for everyone. Yeah. And once that timer went off, they were like, time to go. Yeah. So like Terry Funk talked for a minute. And I was like, I'm not doing the Hall of Fame anymore. But yeah. WrestleMania 30, the network came back. And we were actually supposed to go to this wrestling show. And we we're like, oh, let's look on StubHub for Hall of Fame tickets. And they were 15 bucks each. Yeah. And the guy was going to meet us at the building. Mm-hmm. So we're like, let's do that instead. That should be fun, and I'm so glad we did.
0: I'm glad you did too.
2: Because the WrestleCon show we were going, the wrestling show we were going to, go to did not look very good. Mm. The results.
0: It's amazing how much, and talk about independent wrestling. All these cities that do, uh, you know, the wrestle cons and everything, and all the independent shows. I think there were so many shows at this year's WrestleMania. I think I from insane. Friday through. Thursday. Thursday Thursday through Thursday. actually, yeah. and there were shows everywhere. Yeah, it was everywhere.
2: It shouldn't be that bad. Well, not it's not bad. It's good. But New Orleans, New Orleans doesn't Orleans. have a
0: lot of more spaces to do that. New Orleans and is the kind of a commission is a lot harder than Florida, okay. from what I understand. Really, yeah. the commission. What about but, the state commission about that? Good.
2: <laughs> you know they
0: do a good job oh yeah yeah, they apparently did do a good they're job
2: they're not even bad people they're just trying to enforce the rules but people just want to walk all over them and you know it's, it's terrible
0: it's yeah, terrible man. and we get back to Vinny <laughs> no but this is good see we this is the kind of podcast you know we were shooting a little bit earlier but you know the reason we're kind of bringing this stuff up at the end of the podcast is you know there's pro wrestling It, it there's, there's a love for it there's an entertainment for it there's a passion for it so and just enjoy it man Enjoy the ride. Man, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try and go to this uh,
1: one this WrestleMania. I know next you year, wanted to man. go to New Orleans to. because yeah, I uh, wanna go to New Orleans, man. I love New Orleans, so it's like it's perfect. WrestleMania is in New Orleans. You need to go, man.
2: That's what got me back in because like I said, it took a few years off. I got really big in MMA, so yeah. I was traveling to those shows and there's only so much time and budget. Yeah. But then WrestleMania twenty nine was in New Jersey and I'm yeah. like, gotta go, it's three hours. Right. Yeah. And then they announced New Orleans the next year and I was like, I really I've always wanted to go to New Orleans. That's the number one city yeah. I've never been to
0: I love it. Yeah. and then yeah, yeah. it got
2: me hooked again and i took san francisco off just because it was so far and
0: that was that was probably my favorite wrestlemania that i've ever been to really? uh, it, first of all the hospitality of the city was just phenomenal everything in the city there was so much to do and and uh what was it san francisco and um what does it call it uh I, I don't know there's a different part of the name of that city that they talk about oh, uh,
2: yeah it's the not bay area san Fran- yeah, the
0: you know yeah. what I'm talking about, though? Because it's not so necessarily... Yeah,
2: it's not in San Francisco, the stadium. It's in Santa... Santa,
0: Santa Monica. Monica. That's it. So, I mean, it was just... The, the transportation to get to and from, the accessibility of the stadium, uh, the accessibility... Santa Clara, I'm sorry. Santa Clara, thank yes. you. Okay. And it was just beautiful. And I don't know, I had such a good time, and I enjoyed myself. Like, even the hotels that I stayed at, the places that I ate, the the people, it was just... Fantastic. Not saying that the other cities were bad, you know. Definitely a different feel in New Orleans because everything is real compact. Right. It's all in New Orleans. Sa- Santa Monica and San Francisco was all opened up. I mean, but you could everything accessibility to everywhere. It was probably my favorite WrestleMania. I enjoyed Dallas, but Dallas was huge.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I like Dallas a lot. I like the city. I like the food. I enjoyed the city. I went to San Antonio for the Rumble this year. And oh yeah, the food was basically the draw. It That's was right. You so did so good. And, um,
0: the Alamo Dome.
2: I told you this story a couple weeks ago, and I'll just tell it on the podcast, but I actually went to WrestleMania X7 in yeah.
0: 2001.
2: That was Houston, Texas, a, right? Houston, Texas. I took a Greyhound bus. Is from, that the Rock and Hogan? Rock yeah, and yeah. No, no, no. no that Rock was, and Stone Cold. But I was there for okay. that.
0: That was in Toronto. I went to was 17
2: other. through 25. So I'm 18 years old, and I tell my mom, like, I'm going to WrestleMania next year. No matter where it is. And then they announce it's in Houston. And I'm broke, kid, whatever, I'm 18. So we look at Greyhound tickets. It was 135 bucks each round trip. So me and two friends take a bus 36 hours mm. each way to go to WrestleMania and fan access and all this other crazy stuff. But it was like a pilgrimage, a dream yeah. trip. true. So the next year we're supposed to drive to Toronto and my friend that went with me that year backs out. He's like, he got a girlfriend and, you know, got smart and was like, I'm not driving to Toronto. (laughs) So me and another buddy took a bus again 18 hours to go to Toronto for WrestleMania X8. X9 was, or 19 was in Seattle. We were like, let's not bus. We're going to fly this time. First time on the flight was to there.
0: I've never uh, been to Seattle. I wish I would have gone to that one. I would have liked to maybe. have gone to a baseball stadium God, would, for WrestleMania. That would have been interesting.
2: Looking now, I wish, because we couldn't rent a car. None of us were over 25. Mm. So we were at the mercy of public transportation, which was terrible. That's just not a good city for transportation. Okay. And I really want to go back and actually explore the city and, like, do some stuff because we kind of just did wrestling stuff. And, sure. Like, the fish market I walked through, but I didn't actually go to. You know, I just kind of, like, we I walked from the baseball stadium to the basketball stadium because we went to a Seattle Supersonics game. Oh, cool. Which was cool. And, like, I got to see the city that way. But I I do want to go back to Seattle. I would love for them to do WrestleMania again there.
0: That would be nice. You got to go to WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going to try to go next
1: year, man. Before we wrap this up, first I got to ask you, state of MMA, go.
2: It's. I'm not saying it's dying, but it's bad. It's just it, I, I don't agree. care anymore that they've overextended. There's too many shows and all their names. Like the shows used to be. St- I was a huge MMA fan. I went to mm-hmm. Toronto for uh, GSP and uh, who he fight there. GSP and Jake Shields. Okay. Like I went to the Sky Dome, did the fan access. I went to Boston. Like I was traveling hardcore, yeah. huge fan, and now I haven't been to a show since they were in Baltimore. And, like, they've been in Jersey. They've been in Philadelphia. And I look at the cards, and I'm like, it's not worth yeah, it.
1: Yeah, you look at the cards, and it's just like, ah. Like, uh,
2: the yeah. last time I went to Philly, uh forgot who uh, Rashad Evans was supposed to fight, but he canceled, and they put in Tito Ortiz. One was, like, way – I'm just like, yeah. why? The, the main event's garbage. I don't care anymore. Yeah. But I got the ticket, so I'm going to go. But, yeah, it's, and, like, this Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor thing is just a – money grab oh
1: absolutely <laughs> which yeah like,
2: good for them make your money conor mcgregor somehow well he bet on himself he's like i'm gonna do all these things yeah. and he did it
0: but Mayweather's gonna knock him oh, well
2: he won't he, knock him out he'll, he, he'll, he's gonna knock
0: out anybody in like yeah. 10 years but he's he'll, gonna he'll, run he'll, yeah that's he's what he's gonna, gonna win. do
2: there's no yeah. he's not gonna get
0: knocked out by mcgregor
1: let's no, just put it that gonna, way he's gonna dance around he's gonna land yeah. his jabs because uh he's pretty accurate he no power but yeah he's he's quick it's yeah. going to be fun. I'm going to watch it.
2: I'm going to watch it too. Oh, for yeah. sure. yeah.
1: The whole world is all watching
0: <laughs> like, That's right. It's a money grab. That's what it is. Hopefully, people get together <laughs> right. and watch it together it's like, so y'all ain't got a hundred for a Dollars yeah. for a Shit.
2: No, no, no. I'll probably, I don't even know where I'm going to watch it. Maybe Green Turtle, but. We'll it's figure it out. Yeah.
0: We'll put it out there. But yeah. We'll like you
2: know, the UFC out. coming up should be good. They got three title fights because they were concerned about John Jones flaking out. But it's like they have oh, that's won- my man,
1: dude. I, I just oh, want him to get himself together. Big man. John
2: Jones fan. Yeah. I, I went to the jersey fight where he won the belt oh, yeah? the day before. Like I hang out at the hotel like a groupie and I got a picture with him. <laughs> yeah, nice. I know I got a picture with him and then he signed the program next world champ. Like, that's that's how he was. He's like, Yup, got it in the bag. Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs>
0: love bones oh, right? man, I wish uh, yeah I, mean, I wish some parts of MMA got a little bit more steam but like you said they just kind of they get to overblow themselves out with uh
2: Well like they got all these fight nights where they got guys that could be third on a pay-per-view main eventing and yeah. it's, it's too much then they got bought out by uh WME, I think it is yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. entertainment
1: company Yeah and it's like, so, it's
2: just a uh, it's lifeless ultimate fighters dead they yeah. just don't know it
1: Mhm but you know Uh, Bellator is just a place of has-beens essentially see I
2: kind of enjoyed that though like I went to uh, Dave and Buster's to watch the Bellator paper yeah and when I say that I wasn't hating
1: on it because when some (laughs) of them
2: fights happened I remember
1: when they had that uh, Ken Shamrock and uh Kimbo and and, uh they no, that's Sh- like, no. I'm talking about Shamrock and Gracie. Oh, yeah, when they yeah. Had yeah that that's schedule, I was definitely
2: tuning in. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I got to see this. It was horrible, but, <laughs> <laughs> hey, they had me. And, like, everyone's jumping to Bellator because of the whole Reebok deal. Because right. they're like, we can get sponsors of Bellator. They may not pay as much as UFC, but we can still do sponsors and everything. Yeah,
0: right, yeah. Because it is just nothing but Reebok. Right. right in UFC. I mean. So,
2: that's another thing that hurt. It's just so. That was homogenized bad. and. It's very generic, you yes. know. Yeah. Not, I got
0: nothing, nothing but love for Reebok, But when you see everything, and you used to see, you know, I, and I used to enjoy watching UFC because the people that they were promoting, I'm like, what's that patch mean? What's this mean? What's that mean? And it was something interesting about each fighter, because yeah. each fighter had a different promoter. It's kind of like watching NASCAR or exactly. you know, something like that. Every car's got a different promoter. If every car looked the same going around the track, <clears throat> you wouldn't watch it. Right? You know what I'm saying? It don't matter. It's like, oh, I got the, you know, I was watching Days of Thunder. By the way, that's another great movie. You know, it's got the Hardys against a mellow yellow car and it made me want to drink mellow yellow but I, you know <laughs> whatever can't find it anymore but I was like come on man seriously this is what you need and that's why I liked watching UFC right. I mean even Lesnar still wears his little Jimmy John's Right. Lesnar's right. got a 20 or whatever year deal with Jimmy John's so I will put that everywhere on my yeah. body for that and I will go eat Jimmy John's it makes me want to eat Jimmy John's yeah. This is good
2: that's us thing like McGregor's is- showed them the blueprint like do something but half the time the guys are just like i'll fight whoever they put in front of me i don't care yeah you're like no you gotta market yourself like connor did connor if he wasn't who he was he would have been fighting three more prelim fights before he got to the main show now he had the talent to back up but he would have never got the opportunity right yeah, he it put, was, himself it was, yeah,
1: it was put himself out there. It's like Chael Sonnen he used to do the same right. thing. Chael
2: Sonnen got two title, mm-hmm. sh- three title shots. Yeah, and without the mouth, he would have got one. Maybe
0: exactly. Yeah. Conor McGregor is smarter than he leads on to believe, and he's got a team of people that just uh, know what the hell they're doing. Right. So yeah, Conor McGregor has got a big mouth, and he can back it, back it up. Yep. But that's it's a smart business. Same thing with Brock Lesnar. He uh, his mouth isn't basically it's his body you know and his he'll kill you yeah. <laughs> but and, you know that's and why and they got Paul it. Yeah. it's funny it's like the opposite with him like Connor's
1: like very loud brock is like a very standoffish person yeah. to the point where like it intimidates
0: people yeah. you know what i mean because he just looks angry mean and he doesn't say anything you know that's more that's like brock being brock you know what i'm saying right yeah, yeah. and yeah. he's he has admitted he's very uh you know loner-ish but that's why he's got Heyman talking for him yeah and that that's just a beautiful marriage right there so word on the street is connor got dropped by his sparring partner <laughs>
3: really really I yeah
1: didn't hear that. yeah yeah that's word on the street like sparring partner dropped him. when did this happen Um, within the last few weeks, like it's been recent since he's been training for this Mayweather fight. Huh. Yeah.
2: I don't know you're a big movie guy. You ever see the movie The Great White Hype? Yeah, of course. That's Sam L man. We're living yeah. in it right Baby now. Ways,
0: yeah. Come on. We're living Jackson. it right now. That's a great movie. <laughs> that I is, I is. It. I a this forever,
2: But young peeper, that's what's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. We are living yeah. through the Great White Hype.
0: <laughs> or the Great Irish. Yeah. Whatever you want to call this it. is great. We're living through something. <laughs> yeah. But we're all gonna watch it on August twenty oh, yeah, sixth yeah. and uh it's gonna be good and, and then you know, September twenty third, come out and see a live rock and roll band, come out and see live pro wrestling. Uh come out and, you know, you know, pay a little bit of money and get a whole lot of fun. So
2: Now, hold on, though. I heard on September
0: 23rd every match is going to be Extreme Rules. All right. uh, So as far as we know, we got the big Evolution Battle Royal Ladder match, which is going to happen every year. (laughs) Yeah, I'll allow it. Okay. Okay. But as far as I understand, the way this is supposed to be worked up is we're going to have some matches, you know, we're going to have some titles, we're going to have some grudges, but the fans are going to pick what type of matches we are going to have. For instance, if we wanted to have a last man standing match Mm. or if we wanted to have a submission match,
3: Uh, maybe
0: if we wanted to have a match... Involving, you know, a steel chair, whoa, whoa, perhaps maybe a kendo stick. Whoa, whoa,
2: whoa, gotta do that right because they didn't
0: do it right in June. But uh, you know what I'm feeling? Yeah, how about that?
2: How about a headlocks only match? That would be fun. That's not extreme, where arm bars only are legal
0: arm bars only yes so just an arm bar match yes and you know what we'll we do leg bars too sure that's not an extreme i don't that's know it's not too extreme
2: we'll, we'll, we'll figure what about a blindfold
0: out? match oh, oh, i would like to see a blindfold how match? about that that would be interesting uh you know spin the wheel make the deal kind of thing so yeah we're going to maybe if we, maybe we have a lego match oh <laughs> yeah. i want to ban legos but they are
2: a childhood toy so yeah. i
0: don't know i'm <laughs> conflicted <laughs> So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Evolution, Rock and Rumble. Uh, you know, and 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 I'm gonna say this, you know, to cap this off. Go out and support independent wrestling. Support everybody. You know, this this business is not about making money necessarily. It's that's what Scott Hall says it is. It's about <laughs> making money. But you know, in an independent wrestling business, there's not a whole lot of money out there uh, to be made necessarily. But you, you can enjoy yourself, make a name for yourself, and. You know, try not to make it about the money or the ego. Just go out and enjoy, take the passion, and support independent wrestling. Big Ugly, how are you going to cap off this? What you got to say?
1: Uh, uh I ain't really got nothing, man.
0: Really? No tangents? Yeah. We good? Uh, I'm good. But we're going to come back next time. We're going to have more guests. We're going to have more topics. And you know, we again, no offense to anybody in the in the in, in the part first part of this. We were just kind of. Shooting the breeze, letting it all just out. Just
1: talking the state of wrestling. The man. state of independent, independent wrestling. Independent wrestling, that's it.
0: Yeah, I, I support all the boys and girls out there. Got people making it up there. You know, Kennedy Brink, you know, she's up there in the WWE refereeing now for NXT. Yeah. Man, we trying to keep the peace. God, God bless that's her. What we that's doing. what we're doing. Yeah. There's a lot of heat out there. Right. It's, all, it's hot we, enough. We, it's summertime. Yeah, we don't we, need the heat. we just trying to cool it off. That's right. We're the AC. Yeah. <laughs> we're the AC of Indy. How about that? There you go. But, uh, Chris, thank you for joining us here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Did you have a good time? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. No problem. Definitely. Look look, look forward to having you back here in the mansion again. And um, we're going to take this out by doing what we do every single time. And, uh, you know, Big Ugly, why don't you just lead it into it, and, you know, we'll just do it. Three, two, one. Deuces.
3: Deuces. And that's how we end it.